And now, introducing the man who doesn't participate in Purple Friday because it brings back too many bad memories, saying, quote, it was a difficult time. My nurples still haven't recovered. Those closest to him describe him as tender and sensitive, and now we know why. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Friday edition of the program. I'm Glenn Clark. He, of course, is Paul Valley. Lil Jordan's here this morning as well and, and could not seem more like a college student. Lil Jordan showed up uh, eating like a pound of French fries at 9.30 a.m. It's a very college thing for someone to do. He just wanders in and he's like, I'm just going to hang out and eat French fries. I'm like, all right. Um, uh, anyway, uh, the, good morning. Kind of, it did kind of. It was alarming to me. I'm like, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I was in that circumstance. A um, lot to do on the program today. Very busy show. It's brought to you by Window Nation. The final opportunity for you to take advantage of Window Nation's best offer ever is this month: two free windows with every two you buy, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, no interest payments for two full years. This is it. Last chance, 866-90NATION or windownation.com for you to take advantage of it. Final month. It's over when we get to the end of November, so don't miss out. Here's what's coming up on the show today. It's Friday. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka will join us in a few minutes later on this hour. Jared Bernhardt's going to join us. You say, I, that name sounds familiar. It should. The man was the best player in all of college lacrosse a year ago. Twarton Award winner, superstar at the University of Maryland. And, of course, he once upon a time was on the national championship team at Maryland, and now he's trying to win another national championship in a different sport as he is the quarterback for the number one team in all of Division II football, Ferris State, out in Michigan. Jared Bernhardt's going to join us, tell about his uh, transition to playing quarterback. Um, also later on in the program, scheduled to be joined by my friend and one of the most talented musicians on the face of the planet, Robert Randolph, uh, who's back in town this weekend at uh, the Wrecker. He's playing there tomorrow night. That's where I'll be. Hopefully I'll see some of you guys there because Robert Randolph is a genius. Um, so we'll talk with him a little bit later on. We also know he's a huge sports fan. He's a Giants fan, so I can't even imagine how difficult life is. Um, and later on in the program, we're also going to chat with uh, Senator Justin Reedy, as we do every Friday, get some Senator's suggestions for the weekend of college football. It's another tough weekend, not a lot of great matchups, so we'll See what he tells us is a little bit better than we realize it is. And also Adam Amin will join us. He is scheduled to, jo or he's scheduled to join us. He is uh, calling Ravens-Vikings for Fox this Sunday. So a very busy day ahead of us here on GCR. The news this morning, uh, Odell Beckham and the Browns have come to an agreement to part ways. He has been released. I have zero idea why the various sites in Vegas were labeling Odell Beckham, what uh, Ravens, as one of the favorites to land Odell Beckham. It makes no bloody sense to me whatsoever. Now, could it be that they know something that we don't? Sure, I guess it's possible. Does it seem more likely that it's just been the case that every wide receiver that's been available for the last four years, there's been an assumption that the Baltimore Ravens, or frankly the last 25 years, there's been an assumption that the Baltimore Ravens needed them more than other teams do, so let's put the Ravens near the top of the list. I think that's more likely. I think the more likely scenario is that we're just so bloody used to the Ravens being the team with the most significant wide receiver needs that that's probably the reason why they're showing up the highest on these lists. Not, not the highest, but among the highest on these lists of odds from Vegas 
Have I heard anything reputable that would suggest that the Ravens would be interested in Odell Beckham? No, not at all. I've heard nothing reputable from someone who reports that says the Ravens would be in the market for Odell Beckham. Of course, the only team so far that we've seen connected directly to Odell Beckham is the Saints, who were reportedly interested in Odell Beckham at the trade deadline. Makes a lot of sense. They know they're not getting Michael Thomas back. It would still make a lot of sense for the Saints to be interested in Odell Beckham moving forward. The Raiders, obviously, losing Henry Ruggs. It makes a lot of sense for the Raiders to be involved in the Odell Beckham conversation. The Ravens, it doesn't seem to make a lick of sense. For the, I, somebody might say, hey, you can never have enough uh, uh, good football players, and if you have the opportunity to add one at a, at a cost, you know, to take the guy that's available. Okay, there's something to be said for that. But at the moment, it is not only not an area of need, it's one of the places on the roster where the deepest. Now, you know, if what you're saying is, hey, would you rather Sammy Watkins or Odell Beckham be the third guy? I genuinely don't know. Like, I genuinely don't know. I, I was a guy who was down on Sammy Watkins coming into the season because he, we, we've, we've hidden behind this idea that he was productive. He was never productive in Kansas City. But he's been... Serviceable. Serviceable. And, and truth be told, that's, that's really about what you can ask from Sammy Watkins. Like, what, what I could have expected from Sammy Watkins, fairly, he's provided when healthy. So if he's really back this weekend, then it looks like he is. If he's really back this weekend, then I'm, I think I'm okay with Sammy Watkins being this team's third receiver. Now, somebody might say, yeah, but do you really trust Rashad Bateman, who's played in, like, all of two NFL games, as being a, a top guy for this team? Sell me on Odell Beckham. We're not talking about, like, if if it was Michael Thomas, then, yeah, I'd be willing to try to go above and beyond, even at a play, com, uh, position where I'm comfortable, and try to get better. If we're talking about Michael Thomas, sell me on the other side of it. Sell me on why I know that Odell Beckham is a better option today than Rashad Bateman is. Tell me that. Because I don't have that answer. Is that where his career is at this point, that he'd even make it to the Ravens? Because he has to go through the waivers process, right? And I don't think the Ravens would be... The bad teams aren't going to be interested. There's no reason for a bad team to want Odell Beckham, right? Like Now, if what you're saying is, could there be a team that's sitting at like 3-5, and that's not out of it, that says... Or the Saints. Well, the Saints certainly could be... And if the Saints are interested in Odell Beckham, then it's not even an option for the Ravens. You're right, 100%. But I don't... Again... The Saints, we only know we're connected. It could very well be that that connection ended when they said, look, man, you know, we, we just don't see it. Like, we just don't – sorry, we don't see it. I don't know. Um, Deshaun Jackson cleared waivers this week. I, a lot of times guys clear waivers uh, during the course of this for a, a multitude of reasons, and then they're sitting there available. I, I was a bit surprised that Deshaun Jackson, who's been a helpful piece to the Rams this season, like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how that happened that he wanted out. I, I don't get that at all. I don't get his unhappiness in L.A., but he's been a helpful piece, and yet nobody wanted him. He cleared waivers, and I'm sure that somebody will sign him now, but a lot of times players will clear waivers and become available for anyone to sign, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I really don't. I really don't know what's going to happen with Odell Beckham. I think there's an Odell Beckham problem that it's not. I think some people want to paint him as a malcontent. 
I, the sense that I get from those that are around the Browns, are, it's not that at all. It's, it's related to his relationship with Baker Mayfield specifically. There's a Baker Mayfield problem in Cleveland. He's not that good, and he's causing friction with other players. The, are we the, talking about Baker or are we talking about oh, Odell? No, but Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, Odell Beckham is not that good. The, the word from the people in Cleveland is it's not, this is not his fault. Mm-hmm. The, this thing with him and Baker Mayfield is not his fault. It's just not working. Now, the thing with his dad the other day and sending out the tweet with all the, the video, with all the that, – that's a bit over the top, right? Like, But it speaks to the Baker, Maker, Baker Mayfield problem they have in Cleveland. They have a Baker Mayfield problem. Everybody knows that. It's not breaking news. There's a real problem related to Baker Mayfield in Cleveland where he's, he's better than what they've had but he doesn't appear to be good enough to be good enough. And that's a real issue for a team that's got to decide, are we going to give a boatload of money to this player? And, you know, it's unprecedented in the NFL. Like, it, it's, it's truly something we haven't seen before. Kirk Cousins would be a, a, the closest comparison, but Kirk Cousins wasn't, wasn't even a first-round draft pick. This would be unprecedented, a, a quarterback going that early, I mean that early in the draft, succeeding, certainly by Brown standards, succeeding wildly, and then not being re-signed. We have no precedent for that. But it's something that we have to talk about because we all see the same things. Like, we all see what's going on there and that there appears to be a limitation. There's a Baker Mayfield problem. But that doesn't change the fact that we don't know if Odell Beckham's any good any longer. We just don't know. It's very difficult for us to tell if Odell Beckham would still be something similar to what he once was in New York if he was just around a better quarterback or if it's just over for Odell Beckham at this point. And ultimately, at the end of the day, even if he got to the Ravens, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. It's very confusing to me. There is no world in which I'm convinced or I know that Odell Beckham is an upgrade over these guys. And these guys, I have at least a modicum of faith. Do I think this is the greatest wide receiver room ever put together? Lord, no. Do I think it's the best the Ravens have had in a long time? Absolutely. I mean, certainly since, I mean, Torrey Smith and Anquan Bolden, yeah. you know, like it's, it's the best since that. I mean, somebody would say there was that brief moment where Torrey Smith and Steve Smith were together. I don't, you know, like maybe, maybe that. But we're talking about seven years at least, maybe more like nine years. I mean, I, Anquan Bolden, when he was here, was better than Steve Smith. But Steve Smith and Torrey Smith, they might that duo might have been better. Especially people forget how good Torrey Smith was in 2014. Um, that duo might have been better than this group, but it was only I mean, it was two guys, right? Like this this group, we there's two guys that we think highly of in Brown and Bateman, and a third guy in Watkins that we think is serviceable and. That's that's more than a third wide receiver. I don't remember the last time we thought the third wide receiver in Baltimore was serviceable. I guess you could argue Jacoby was serviceable in the Super Bowl year just because you know he could run the go routes and that fit with Joe Flacco having a big mm-hmm. arm. So so probably the answer is it's the best the best group of wide receivers they've had since the Super Bowl year. Um, it, it's a weird spot. I mean, it's a weird. It's all of this is very. It's a weird conversation. It's a weird. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I, I, 
I don't think it matters because I just don't think this is going to be something that ends up playing out in any way. I don't think there's any world in which there's a conversation related to the Ravens and Odell Beckham. They have actual needs that they didn't address, and there are certainly players that could be released at some point that you would say, if that guy is available, if there's a running back that becomes available, you know, I'd be interested. But Odell Beckham, I this is nonsensical, man. It's it's truly nonsensical the Odell Beckham thing. And it, and I, it, it appeared to only come up because of these betting sites that had the Ravens listed as the second or the third favorite to sign Odell Beckham. It seemed to be based entirely around that. Like, I guess these guys might know something that we don't, and we think that way about Vegas all the time, right? Like, we constantly think, well, they're smarter than we are. I, in this instance, I just think they're used to connecting wide receivers to the Baltimore Ravens. I agree. I think that's all that is. I don't, I don't see anything more than that. I, and if there is, I'm befuddled by it. Um, I, we got, boy, we have so much we got to do on the show today. I will remind everybody, our next Tyus Bowser show is coming up on Tuesday, November 16th. We're going to be at Mother's in Timonium. We are asking you guys to do us a solid and please help us take care of Harvest of Hope and those who need it in our community this Thanksgiving season by bringing us gift cards. We're asking for donations of gift cards to Wise or to Giant. We're asking you. We're not demanding it. We're asking you. And the reason why we're asking you is because Great Eights Memorabilia, who's our partner for the Tyus Bowser show, they have partnered up with Harvest of Hope, and they've been doing great events. They did one with Justin Tucker this week. I know a lot of you got to get out and meet Justin Tucker. They're doing one next week with Deshaun Elliott. You can find out more by going to great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8, great8smemorabilia.com. But they are trying to take care of people in the community that so desperately need it. We're going to ramp up some details related to our coat drive in the next few weeks. We will be doing that again in December. We will be asking you to help us out with that. But for now, we're asking you to help out Great Eights Memorabilia and Harvest of Hope when you come out for the Tyus Bowser Show on Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. Please bring with you gift cards that we can use to go out and get some uh, Thanksgiving food items for those in our community that can't afford it. Cool? Is that, is that too much to ask? I'd like to hope not. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll grab a break in one second, but before we do, I, I also saw, we didn't talk at all about Buster Posey this week. Buster Posey's an amazing baseball player. I, I can't I see people on Twitter like, you know, I I think Buster Posey's a Hall of Famer. Is there anybody making an argument that Buster Posey isn't a Hall of Famer? Is there anybody on the planet that thinks that Buster Posey is not a Hall of Famer? And if you don't, what is wrong with you? I've just not seen this person. Yes, Paul or Jordan, I don't care. Whether one of you can go first. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen – the only thing I've seen is people arguing that he's not a first – ballot Who, Hall of but Famer. who's arguing that there there were people in the con there being like oh well there there's been better catchers and and look at your yadier molina and i'm just like For, no like it's the dumbest uh, thing i've ever heard yeah exactly it's so stupid i'm like but i mean look look at po- posey won what he won the golden Sp- he, not even his mlb you go back right, to but that doesn't that doesn't count. i know but <laughs> like, they and don't. Then, when then he's got the rookie of the year and then he's got the batting titles and then he's got the mvp like he he he's got the there's the no resume. there's no yeah. debate yeah I, it's yeah I look at him the way I look at Sandy Koufax, where it's you didn't do it for a very long time. Cause he, I he mean, did it for longer than Sandy Koufax. He did it for long. Yeah. Sandy Koufax was really good for seven years, right. and then he had that debilitating elbow, elbow injury. They still pitched with and still w- was phenomenal with, but then he couldn't play anymore. Buster Posey, he's what 33, 34 years old. He's only been in the league twelve years, which isn't 
very long. I mean, it's not 17 years, but we're not pretending like 12 years. Like you have a, if somebody comes up at 24 and makes it to 36, they had a great career. But my 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 point there is that the numbers, people, the the only argument I've seen is that the the numbers, hits and home runs aren't there. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But what he did for 12 years, he was the best catcher. Of his era, next to Yadier Molina, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm saying, I've never. I mean, I, he's better than Yadier Molina. No offense. I know in St. Louis they think Yadier Molina. Buster Posey's a better player than Yadier Molina. Period. Do you think that the rings the Giants won are directly correlated to Posey too? To have a significant part to do. Now it helped that they had, you know, Madison Bumgarner is really good too. Like they had some damn good pitching. But Buster Posey is a significant part of them winning three World Series titles. I, I just can't believe, I, and I didn't see it for what it's worth. I saw people defending Buster Posey as a Hall of Famer, and I'm like, who's arguing against it? Like, who, it, to me, it's, it's the, you know, it's the old internet trope where somebody's like, oh, I thought Steph Curry couldn't hit a three any longer. Like, who are you arguing with? Who, who is this person that's suggesting that Buster Posey isn't a Hall of Famer? I you're I, I can't believe this is a conversation that we're having. It's one of the greatest players of an era. There is no debate. There's no thought. There's no remote consternation about Buster Posey being a Hall of Fame baseball player. This is crazy talk. And to your point about the, about he had some great pitching staffs. You can make the argument that the pitching staff is only as good as its catcher. Well, catcher I mean, is one of the most important. It's positions. a chicken and the egg conversation that like you can never really define, right? right? Like you, it's it's impossible to define. But yes, to say that Buster Posey probably had something to do with how good those pitching staffs were, absolutely, one hundred percent, I'm on board with that. This is nuts. It's nuts. I mean, again, I don't know who these people are. These people that apparently are out there arguing against Buster Posey, I've not seen any of them. So. I'm I'm on like Instagram right now going through people's like comments on Buster Posey retiring posts and the only argument people are saying is well he retired too early but yet he but played, these are stupid he he, I, he played the most grueling position yeah, I mean, in baseball uh, stupid like, people saying something people commenting yeah. on Instagram I'm not yeah. you don't argue yeah. with those people yeah. you just let them did, did somebody with a brain was there a baseball person that said that Buster Posey wasn't like who are we debating with I saw one. I can't, I can't. I feel like it was Buster only, but then he said the other day that he is a Hall of Famer. He put out the argument, saying the argument against Posey is that the numbers aren't there. It just sounds like doing something to try to get attention on. Clickbait. Like, Clickbait. like my God, man! Like there is no debate related to Buster uh, Posey being a Hall of Famer. It does not exist. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Bo Smoka will join us next. We'll preview Ravens Vikings with the Press Box Ravens beat writer. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com. Dot com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and break suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. 
Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. We are on a Friday edition of the program, getting ready for Ravens-Vikings coming up this Sunday. If you missed uh, uh, Stan the Fan this week, he had a couple of great shows for you. On Monday, he and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Orioles manager Dave Tremblay. And then on Wednesday, a really in-depth show looking at the situation related to sports betting in the state of Maryland. Find those shows right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash video. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka, and I, I hear now podcaster Bo Smolka joins us here on GCR every Friday. Good morning, Bo. How are you, my friends? Hi, Glenn. I'm good, thanks. You got a new show. I have a new show. Tell yeah, me about it. Daniel Wilcox, one of- uh, former Ravens tight end, who's really engaging, so it, it'll be fun. Uh, Dan Wilcox is one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. Uh, he once literally drove overnight. This is, this is a great story. We and he Drew and I were doing the show from the Super Bowl in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, I got a call from Dan Wilcox's agent who said, "Hey man, Dan wants to go down and like see the Super Bowl and like do some stuff." And I was like, "What do you want to sit on the show with us?" And so I surprised Dan was Drew's favorite player, but not a bit. He was absolute favorite player. I surprised Drew on his birthday. Dan Wilcox and his wife drove overnight from again Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale to co-host the show with us that morning uh, from the Super Bowl. He's one of my favorite human beings. This will be a lot of fun having hearing you guys together. Excellent. No, that's a great story. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a he's a really good human being, man. He's a he's a heck of a person. Well, that's awesome. And where where can people find this podcast? Uh, it's on the Believe Podcast Network. B L E A V. Okay. Uh, so um, 
I don't have the link to it right in front of me, but if you look up the Believe Podcast Network, it will be on there. And we just we just did the first one this week. Um, <laughs> excuse me, coming out of the bye week, and then um, we'll be one or two a week from here on out through the season. That's awesome. Very cool stuff. All right, Bo. The Ravens get back from the bye. Um, how healthy are they going to be? Who are we going to see on Sunday that maybe we haven't seen for a little while? It's a good question. I I I, I mean, you might. See Sammy Watkins, I don't know. I mean, he practiced one day. He was limited. So I suspect he, they're looking toward next week. Remember, it's a short week next week. They play again on Thursday. Um, having not practiced in three weeks except the limited amount yesterday, I don't know if we'll see him. Uh, Latavius Murray has not practiced yet, so we don't expect to see him. The concerning thing is Brandon Williams has not practiced this week yet with a shoulder injury. Um, and so he's not been on the field. I think we might see Nick Boyle. I had said to you last week, maybe we wouldn't. He might come back a week after that. But he's running, you know, again, we don't get to see too much of practice, but a little bit we saw this week. He looked good. And they made a roster move this week where they released Eric Tomlinson and brought him back to the practice squad. Um, So there's an open roster spot if they want to move Nick Boyle to the 53-man roster. And it seems to me that that's a decent possibility that we'll see him. And that would be good. I mean, this is a big part of their offense. And remember, he hasn't played since the, he got hurt in the New England game last year. He came back briefly to practice at the beginning of the season, um, started the year on the pup list, came back a couple practices, and they decided he wasn't quite ready. They put him on IR till he could get right. And now he's moving well. And so we might see him, which would be good. Derek Wolf is also quote, uh, designated to return, but he hasn't been practicing lately, so I'm not sure what's up there, if he had a setback or not. And then the other guy that's designated to return is Chris Westby, the cornerback, who really had a great training camp, won won a roster spot, frankly, with a great training camp, and he is back to practicing Okay, uh, again starting this week. I don't know that we'll see him right away this week, but it's encouraging that he's out there and moving again, so maybe a week away with him as well, but I think we'll probably see Boyle. My guess, my guess, if I had to, is we won't see Watkins this week. We'll see him next week. All right. How do they get this run game going, Bo? They didn't. They didn't trade for a back. They didn't do anything to upgrade the offensive line. What they're asking of Lamar Jackson is unprecedented for a team that's won a Super Bowl. I did some of the math on that this week. I mean, they don't have a running back averaging forty yards per game. That's that. That doesn't happen for Super Bowl champions. How in the world do they get the run game going in the second half of the season? I, 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 I don't know. If I knew, I would, I would say it. Um, I, it's discouraging, clearly. Uh, I, don't think they can, I don't think they can, first of all, I don't think they want Lamar Jackson to be taking so many hits that he's going to take when he's running the ball for 70 or 80 yards on top of the fact that he's going to be sacked a few times a game. You just assume he's going to get hit as a quarterback passing, and then if you're going to run – 10, 12, 14 times and take additional hits over 17 game season. That's going to add up. So I don't think they want that anyway. How are they going to get their run game going? I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen these running backs do enough to suggest they are going to get it going with this particular group. They did that. They opted not to make a trade. Uh, and there were a couple, you know, running backs that were considered to be available but again, everything comes with a cost, and whatever whatever discussions went on in there, there obviously wasn't a deal made. So, as of now, they're going with this group. Now, Latavius Murray maybe come back in a week or so with his ankle injury, but uh, and he was probably the most promising of the ones that were out there. But 
I think we've seen enough of Le'Veon Bell to conclude that he's not the player he once was. Devontae Freeman is okay. Tyson Williams, we've talked about. He's got a little bit of burst, but he looks more tentative, and the coaches clearly don't trust him. I don't know whether they give a flyer on Nate McCrary, the practice squad running back. They got back from Denver. He had a couple flashes in training camp. Um, the offensive line maybe can help get the run game going a little bit. The return of Nick Boyle might help get the run game going sure. a little bit. Yeah. The problem is I just don't see the burst and explosiveness from this group of running backs, and, and, and I don't see who's walking in the door that's going to change that. Uh, I, I don't either, Bo. That's that's the issue, right? I just don't see it whatsoever. And, you know, I know that um, the stat's been out there that Devontae Freeman, in a very limited number of carries this season, actually has the highest um, rushing yards over expected of anyone on this team, including Lamar Jackson, who we all know is quite elusive. So, like, that's, that's somewhat interesting to me and, and maybe means something, but at the same time, we're talking about 20 carries, right? Like, I, I don't know if that would be the case. If there's one play that sort of has, has, has skewed that number a little bit, and if Devontae Freeman got more carries, we would say, no, 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 there's no world in which he's getting more yards than you expect him to. No, and I mean, I, with Latavius Murray hurt, he kind of is the de facto number one back now. And, and he's had flashes, but again, I mean, it's, this is uh, nothing that, nothing that le- led you to believe, leads you to believe that this is the answer to fixing the running back problem and, and nothing to say, well, yeah, this guy's a guy that has, you know, I see 22 carries, 112 yards in a, in a game for him. I just don't see it. Um, and, and then you're right. Then it comes back to putting so much on Lamar Jackson as a runner and as a passer, which then leads to, you know, him taking more hits. But we talked a couple of weeks ago too about this and, you know, the Ravens are so their offense had been so predicated on the read option with Jackson, the threat of Jackson running the, but the threat of Jackson running worked because you also had to worry about Dobbins and Edwards running. And you were worried because is Dobbins getting this ball or is Jackson? And that, that, that hesitation is enough to freeze a defense just long enough yep. when those are the guys involved. Yep. I just don't think this group of running backs projects any fear on defense. Oh, there's no, there's no reason for an opposing defense to respect this run game right now. None. I mean, so I they just, they can just key on Jackson. Yep. And 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 if Le'Veon Bell gets the ball, you know what? We'll catch him when he tries to get to the edge. Exactly. That's what's happening. Exactly. So, one hundred percent. Yeah. So it's it's a significant problem. And look, I'll give this team credit. They're five and two, having lost all three of their running backs before the season started. As Marquise Brown said, you know, we're we're in a good spot. Um, it's true, it's true, but it's going to be a big ask to go as far as they want to go with a running game that can't work. Correct. Bo Smolka is with us, Press Box Ravens beat writer. What you just alluded to is 100% accurate, Bo. It's, it's, it's incredible what they've done. The context for these conversations is the presumption that they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year, right? And I, I, I assume when you're 5-2, and two, you're thinking about trying to win a Super Bowl. It, it's, 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 it's incredible that they're in the position that they're in. It's just looking at the reality of... Boy, if if they're going to make that type of run, it's going to be very difficult to do it this way. That's that's the only way. And and let me let me follow up. You referenced the offensive line. What what's the reality depth wise for the offensive line at this point? Like I mean that they have very few healthy, legitimate NFL players on this roster on the offensive line. Like we know who the five are with Tyree Phillips right now at right tackle for Patrick McCarry. What what what's the reality for the depth behind that? 
I mean, that's what you're up against, right? You know, David Sharp is a guy that's played a little bit in the NFL, and he's now the, basically the number one reserve tackle. Again, a guy that was on the street that they signed. Um, they just signed up way from Seattle who got cut, and they were able to bring him in. He's a veteran guy, but, um, again, these people were available. You know, they've got Cologne as an interior lineman who can fill in at center and guard, but they're, 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 there's no question they're scrambling. There's no question about it. And, again, you thought tackle was a position, you know, once Stanley got hurt, they were already thin at tackle. And then Patrick McCarry, who's actually played very well, yep. especially for what they've expected of him. He was, no one even mentioned him as a tackle concept at the beginning of the year. The question was, would he start at guard? Um, he played well, but now he's hurt. So Phillips is now back to tackle where they really wanted him to play guard. And it is, it's a, it's a little bit of a, it's a dance to try to get it all worked out, but they the depth of tackle is, is alarming and it's, it's what they're left with right now. I, I mean, this is, this is what they're trying to make happen. And, um, you know, the, the schedule isn't daunting for the next few weeks, right, Bo? Like it's, there is there is a very plausible scenario in which, despite all of these issues, they could be sitting here at like eight and two in three weeks. They could. I mean, they they've got what is a, you know, they won't want to ever call it like a breather stretch of the schedule because let's face it, I think going on the road on a Thursday night is a miserable proposition, and they won't like it. But they have to go to Miami, you know, four days after the Minnesota game here at home. But you've got the stretch of the Vikings, Dolphins, and Bears. Yep. Those are games they can win. They can win all three of them. They probably should win all three of them, even on the road on the short week. Um, but then you've got that stretch with the Browns, the Steelers, and the Browns back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. If they can roll into those three games on this momentum, then they're in a really good position, especially since we saw what the Bengals did last week with the Jets, and then the Browns lost the Steelers, and they seem to be have all sorts of drama going on right now. The Ravens have a chance to really, you know, make some put some distance between them in this division going into that three-game stretch. But having said that, none of these games I don't think are going to be easy. I don't think this Vikings game. I agree. Is easy. I agree. People look right. at their record; they say, "Oh, they're three and four. Right? They've got talented players. Yep. And if the Ravens, I'm just looking at their offensive players: Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Right off the bat, I think to myself. If the Ravens don't tackle, they're going to lose because those guys are going to make you pay just like the Bengals did. They can turn – any one of those guys can turn a five-yard play into an 80-yard play if you don't tackle. Uh, Before I let you go, Bo, you just referenced the Browns. I I, I think this is insane where all these betting sites have listed the Ravens as one of the favorites to sign Odell Beckham now that he's been released. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Am I being too dismissive of it? Like, what what do you make of the fact that Vegas seems to think the Ravens are a, a landing spot for Odell Beckham? I I don't see it. I I don't see it for a couple reasons. But one, I, I mean, I, I just I I like to. I think I think no one's told me this. I think the Ravens like to feel like they're starting to develop this passing game the way they want it. I think they like the players they have now. Watkins is hurt right now, but. They like Bateman. Hollywood Brown is really starting to emerge like the player they thought he would be. What does what does Beckham do coming into the locker room? What does he do? Let's face it, if it, whatever team signs him, it is suddenly a huge, I want to call it distraction, but it's an event. And do the Ravens want that coming into the building right now? Um, I, I'm, I would be surprised, but I, they've proved me wrong time and time again. Uh, correct, right? I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's impossible or there's no way. or Because, first of all, I have no idea. But 
boy, it just it just does not make sense to me at this moment. All right, uh, pick up the new print issue of Press Box. Bo's story about Anthony Averett is right there in the Ravens report. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, or read it at PressBoxOnline.com, where you see his daily coverage as well. At B Smoke on Twitter, I, I hear you taking a trip this weekend, Bo. I hear you're headed out to, uh, to Notre Dame. I am. Dame. I'm headed out to South Bend, my first football game in Notre Dame. My son's a sophomore in Notre Dame. So we're going out to the Navy game, which holds uh, a place in my heart because my very first job out of college, I was an assistant SID at very Navy. Very cool. Very uh, cool. And so we played we played Notre Dame two yep. or three times my time there. We played them every year. But um, So this one, I'm really looking forward to it. Of all the games on the on the Notre Dame schedule, the Navy one is the one I really wanted to That's see. That's really so cool. So this will be fun. Very neat, man. Enjoy that trip. Uh, we will talk to you again next Friday. Thanks, Bo. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you haven't heard, we're matching your deposit up to $100. $100. You're getting rich, baby. You're doubling your money. Up to Again, up to $100. Uh, use the code PRESSBOX when you sign up at Underdog Fantasy Football, underdogfantasy.com, or the Underdog app. Use that code PRESSBOX, deposit up to $100, we match it. So if it's $97 you deposit, we'll give you $97. If you deposit $3.16, Austin C. 316 says, I just deposited money on your ass, we will match it with $3.16. If you deposit $6,000, we will give you an extra $100. $100, that's our number. PRESSBOX is the code underdogfantasy.com, the Underdog Fantasy Football app. Of course, not just the daily and weekly fantasy games that you've grown to know, but as you continue, continue to wait for sports betting to be a thing in the state of Maryland, you can do player uh, props, parlays, things along those lines, stuff that makes you feel like you're really betting. And it's not just football. They've got basketball. They've got hockey. They've got all sorts of stuff. Underdog Fantasy Football. Go check it out. Use that code PRESSBOX. Let us match your deposit up to 100 bucks. When we come back in, Jared Bernhardt is going to join us. Former Maryland lacrosse star. I mean, the Twarton Award winner. He was the best player in all of college lacrosse next year. Now he's a quarterback trying to win a national championship. Well, let him explain. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443- 
800-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, almost certainly not from us. You're probably right about that, KZ. Project Game Day returns this Sunday. It'll be myself at halftime. I'll be joined by the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, post-game. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio as well for the post-game show. Project Game Day, every game day this season is brought to you by Window Nation as well as Glory Days Grill and Underdog Fantasy Football. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of their practice schedule, but a really cool story of someone who won a national championship playing lacrosse at Maryland is now trying to win another national championship as a football quarterback. Jared Bernhardt caught up with him. Let's take a listen to that right now here on GCR. This is an awesome story. I've been looking forward to chatting with this man all week. Um, You might know him from his time playing lacrosse at the University of Maryland. In fact, he was the Tawartan Trophy winner this this year as the top player in all of college lacrosse. But now, as if that wasn't enough, he's also the quarterback for the number one team in the country. Stay with me. It's the number one team at the Division II level, but it's still pretty freaking amazing. He is Jared Bernhardt. Uh, he is the quarterback for the Ferris State Bulldogs, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jared, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's really great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, man, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, I, I can only imagine like what the last year has been like for you with so much going on, especially coming out of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. for, for those that don't know your background and, and why football was so important for you, 
Um, could you share with our listeners just a little bit about why football stayed with you, even if as you were having so much lacrosse success, and why this was something that you really wanted to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I have two older brothers. Um, we kind of grew up playing football. Our dad was a, uh, was a football coach, long time, um, 30, 35 plus years or so. And uh, so we always gravitated, you know, towards football. Um, from the elementary, middle school, high school, all the way, you know, really up until college where we kind of chose to play lacrosse. So um, we always still kind of had that passion, love watching football. Um, I always tell people love watching college game day on Saturdays. Hmm. Um, you know, same thing for my brothers. They uh, love watching football and um, they love to, uh, you know, stay with that. So, um, yeah, pretty much that. And our dad, like I said, he uh, was a football coach, so we uh, we uh, kind of stuck with it. And something I wanted to, you know, potentially uh, do after you know I finished my uh, college lacrosse career. I, I, and I, I think people, a lot of people, probably don't know your, your father passed away a few years ago, correct? Yep. Did, yeah, did, he passed away from uh, cancer. Did Did that make it even more significant for you to want to do that? Maybe to kind of honor him a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that's definitely probably the the biggest thing. Um, BC was actually helping me. Um, we talked about it a little bit. I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, after college, um, so you know, football kind of came into came into play a little bit. And you know, he was kind of doing some behind the behind the scenes things um, just to help kind of prep for that. You know, when I uh, when it came to that point. But obviously, he um, yeah he passed away. So, um, kind of my brothers and and I kind of had to figure out um, you know how we were gonna handle that. Does it feel like you're when you play football now? Does it feel like you're honoring your dad in that way? Is is there something a little bit emotional about it because of that? Uh, I I mean definitely for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in football, especially me being new. So, sure, right. you know, you uh, definitely really don't think about some of that stuff too much. But, um, but for sure, you know, I got a, a replica of one of his uh, family rings and stuff. So I always kind of pay attention to to that and always kind of with me along along this journey, um, which is you know kind of you know special. Obviously, wish wish he could be here to sure. you know go along with me. I mean, I, I can only imagine, but it's a powerful thing, man, that that, that you're doing that, and uh, and I can only imagine how much it means to your whole family. Jared Bernhardt is with us here on GCR. Um, Jared, the journey to Ferris State, and I know like there's a hiccup along the way, right, because there's this whole pandemic that sets mm-hmm. in. Um, why Ferris State, and, and, and why has it worked so well for you in making such a quick transfer back to playing football after a few years away? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, got in contact with coach, uh, coach Anise, um, you know, heard about the program, saw a lot of similarities with, you know, the Maryland program, you know, the culture and, and kind of what coach Anise has established here about, you know, a tight knit group that, um, you know, comes to work, work every day and may not have, you know, all the best, best things in the weight room and this and that, but, um, you know, they don't really care about that type of stuff. They just, you know, come out and, and try to, you know, execute on Saturdays. Um, but so, yeah, I would say that was kind of, um, you know, one of the, the main things that really, you know, grabbed my attention, um, even though it's a little bit, you know, out here in Western, Western Michigan. 
sure. It's it's not exactly the exact same part of the world, right? But no, I mean, it's, yeah. it's I, I completely understand what you're saying about um, the importance of identifying a program. Also, they're really good, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, that plays a role. Uh, do you happen to know off the top of your head, because I, I tried to poke around a little bit and I couldn't find anything, do you know if anyone's ever won a college football national championship and a college lacrosse national championship before? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I don't think so, but I'm not entirely sure. And I, and I couldn't find it off the top, yeah. you know, in, in a quick search. Um, can, can you put into words with that? I mean, for those that don't know, Jared was a freshman on the Maryland team that won the national title. Um, what that would mean to you to be someone to have accomplished both of those things? Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, I think it would be huge. Um, you know, it's definitely something I took into consideration. You know, I knew they were a very competitive team. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to challenge. I wanted something like that that wasn't going to be, I knew it wasn't going to be given to me, um, but I wanted to come out and compete. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was definitely, you know, one of the, the main things. But, um, that was, yeah, it would be it would be huge, but obviously, you know, getting to know these guys out here and, you know, they've been so close. Um, you know, that was one of the things, actually, uh, with Maryland not having won a championship, that's one of the things that gravitated me to go in there. I wanted, sure. to, be, I wanted to be a part of, um, you know, bringing back the championship there and, and same with here at Ferris State. You know, I've seen them be right there with West Florida. I've seen them with Valdosta in the championship. And, um, you know, I wanted to help any way possible if that was me being on the field. And even if not being on the field, I know how, how big, you know, it is for guys, you know, during practice, scout guys, this and that. So just wanted to help any way possible. Jerry, can you take me back? I, I, I remember there was a thought that, that you might play football at Navy a few years back. And, and can you take me back mm-hmm. to, like, that decision and, and why? I know, you know, Xavier Arline was in a similar spot, decided mm-hmm. to play, fo- you know, football because yep. he was going to be able to play lacrosse too and now kind of focused on, on football a little bit. Um, can you take me back to that and why that decision was made? And I, I, I got to imagine it wouldn't have been easy to try to transfer to, to like, Navy to play football. Mm-hmm. I don't think people just do that after yeah, four I don't, years. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how uh, that's possible. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I um, I think really the big, the big factor was, um, you know, I watched uh, – I think I was watching the Maryland Lacrosse National Championship. Um, I want to say they were playing Carolina. And kind of – I, I you know, a little bit of a relationship with some of those guys that are playing. Unfortunately, uh, obviously, my brother right. you know, went. So I was, you know, I knew, knew some of those guys and, you know, Coach Tillman and, and whatnot. So I kind of, um, you know, was watching that game and uh, it was a heartbreaker. Um, and I kind of just felt for those guys. I just felt like, you know, that was, you know, that's the place for me for me to go. And, you know, obviously decided to choose that route instead of, you know, um, the football route. So, um, you know, I end up choosing that. Yeah, clearly that worked out okay for you, right? <laughs> Between winning a national championship, Tawart, an award, all the, you know, like it, that clearly that decision ended up being pretty all right for you, uh, mm-hmm. ending up at Maryland. H- have you thought at all? I know right now your focus is winning games, but have mm-hmm. you thought at all about beyond this, what's next? Is it is it certain you go, you know, you want to play professional lacrosse? Do you want to pursue some aspect of football beyond uh, playing this season with Ferris State? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure right now. I'm really, uh, you know, still trying to figure out a lot of things day to day with you know football. As uh, you said, there's a lot going on with you know all these. A lot of these things are new to me. 
Um, and didn't really have, you know, in the triple option in high school, but didn't have, you know, to deal with protections, you know, reading defenses and a lot, lot of stuff going on. So really just trying to kind of take it day by day. Um, and then kind of once I have to cross that bridge, you know, you know, obviously sit down with my family and, and figure out, you know, what I want to, what I want to pursue, but trying to just enjoy this every day. And um, I pr- it's, it's, uh, obviously uh, kind of a dream come true to be able to get the opportunity to even just be on the team and come to our practice every day. I, I totally understand that. Is, is there is there a thought? To, I, I know other you know option quarterbacks have mm-hmm. been able to um, transition to other positions, right, and, and make a mm-hmm. jump. Is is that a thought at all for you? Even you know, again, knowing you haven't made a decision, but is it even mm-hmm. a thought to maybe try to pursue something like that to go on to the next level? Yeah, I think you know I'm going to keep all options open, um, but. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I haven't really thought about that stuff too much. Um, you know, just trying to worry about, you know, helping this team each and every day. Um, so definitely, definitely, you know, thought and stuff, but not, you know, not uh, at the top of the priority list right now. Were, were there guys when you made the jump back in? We, we've seen other guys who have played both sports, right? Like, were there any mm-hmm. guys that you reached out to or – you know, guys that maybe had, you know, Pat Spencer didn't play football, he played mm-hmm. basketball, right? Were there other guys yeah. that you reached out to and just, you know, ran things by him, tried to get some advice from them as you were doing something like this? A uh, big one was uh, Chris Hogan. Yep. I was able to get in contact with him, uh, actually get out to the field and stuff with him and throw the ball around a little bit and just kind of pick his brain about, you know, about the process, how, how he kind of went through it and you know, deciding where he wanted to go and, and everything. Um, so he was actually a really, really big help, um, you know, with all he was handling all this. Again, it was very, very new to me. And I knew, you know, he kind of went through pretty much almost the same thing, you know, sure. being at Penn State playing lacrosse. Um, so, you know, I thought he was, he was the perfect guy. And I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, get his advice. Yeah, things have worked out okay for him in mm-hmm. his career. Yeah. And obviously got to dip his toes back into lacrosse a little bit this year before ending yeah. up at the Saints. So that was pretty yeah, cool. That was, awesome. that was pretty cool. Um, Jared, are you just the type that, like, naturally competition, it, it, it's it's what you're all about? Like, if, if you were just hanging out with your buddies or your brothers or something like that and, you know, somebody threw a, a wad of paper at a trash can with, like, a total competition break out in that moment, is that just sort of naturally what you're all about? Um... I wouldn't say I'm, I'm that that uh, that crazy. I would say, okay. but I think it was there was something that would have to you know click to get me going for sure. Um, me and my brothers, that that could be anything. I think it depends who it is too, um, and stuff. Uh, definitely, my brothers, that that would, that could be anything. That could click right away. Um, <laughs> I know my mom would my mom would get me going a little bit. We play a little pickleball and stuff like. Um, she, she's not too bad because she would get some, you know, pretty good hits on me, and it would kind of that would definitely get the engines uh, revving a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think it would just depend on the, the situation and stuff. I saw a neat story. You, you and, and your mom were kind of like roommates for a little while during the pandemic, right? Yeah, we were. I was back home for the fall, just kind of training um, with a longtime trainer, John Davis, um, training. Uh, who my Brothers have worked with for a long time, and I've been with um, so just back home, and then yeah, just with my mom and uh, and stuff. So and, and and did I see you were sharing a car together? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was maybe like yeah. being sixteen all over again or something like. Yeah, that. We, were sharing, we were sharing a car, so uh, have to 
if I needed to use the car. She she goes to work pretty early. She's a nurse um, over at Winter Park Hospital. So if I needed a car, I'd have to wake up uh, you know around five or a little bit earlier and uh, drive her over there uh, and go back up and pick her up uh, when she was finished. I can only imagine how much that time meant to her to be able to spend that with you, man. That's 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 yeah. that's really for cool. For a little bit, she might think she was ready to get me out of there. Oh, okay. After a, little, <laughs> after a little bit, she definitely like enjoyed it probably for a couple of days, and then I got, uh, got a little bit too much. You got to get back to you got to get back to football. You got to get back to what it is that you're yeah. working with. I guess lacrosse at that point. Yeah. Um, oh man, that that's that's awesome. That's a tremendous story. All right, well, I know the season continues. Um, Davenport this week on the road, mm-hmm. and then Wayne State. Uh, Jared, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, it seems like there's an awful lot of Ferris State fans that have popped up in the lacrosse community. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of people who love the sport of lacrosse that have suddenly become Ferris State football fans, um, which has got to be a cool thing for you and your guys. So, Social media, where can when fans in this area, where should they be following you, Jared? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, I'm not too active on Twitter. I kind of just that more just kind of just seeing some news and, and whatnot and what's going on especially with sports and stuff um i'm i'm on instagram a little bit uh, again i try to try to kind of stay away from some of that stuff especially during the during the season not not to get too crazy not saying i'm never you know posting stuff but uh definitely on you know twitter and instagram kind of just you know Searching, scrolling through. And I get it. Stuff. Nothing, uh, nothing crazy though. Try to. It's, it's you know, a, bro. It's a cesspool. Like I completely understand yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. It is the worst place in the world, and I wish I could get away from it. Yeah. The job doesn't allow for that. But uh, Jared Bernhardt. It's as simple as that. You can find him on Instagram uh, and Twitter if you want to go ahead and give him a follow. Hey, Jared, man, best of luck, dude. It's awesome to Thanks. see you doing this, and um, and wherever this takes you, man. Uh, it was it was a joy to watch you play the sport of lacrosse, and um, you know, see you do some truly amazing, uh, inhuman things that you are capable of, man. So I appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Best yeah, of luck. Absolutely, thank you. I appreciate it. Jared Bernhardt, um, awesome story, man. Just a, a, I wish I had a skill. Like, I wish I was good at something. He's the best lacrosse player in the world, and he's just like, yeah, I think I'll go do this now, and. He's putting up huge stats and and pursuing a national championship doing that. I wish I was as good at anything as this guy is at both lacrosse. I mean, and I, football. I, I at any literally, it, it could be it, crocheting. It, it makes me so jealous when anybody has a skill, like just a <laughs> skill. So I'm like, somebody asked me why I do this for a living. I'm like, I can't. I, I'm not. I, there's nothing else I can do. I don't have any other appreciable skills. If there was something else I could do, I would go do it. I don't have any other skills. I am qualified for nothing. Yeah, I tried. I taught myself to play the piano when I was 17, and then I forgot. Like, by the time I got to college, there was no piano there. And I, like... Not one. I came home, and I had forgotten. I literally asked somebody, I'm like, show me where the C key is. I sat down. I could play uh, Closing Time by Semisonic, and that was it. That was the list of things I still remember how to play. I taught myself how to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in seventh grade. It's a big moment. I, it's I, a big I still moment. can remember how to play it. They, oh, well, that's that's better than I can do. I can't remember how to play anything. I can probably play... Um, it's like seven keys. What's the do-do-do-do-do-do-do? What's that called? Uh, uh, chopsticks? Chopsticks is exactly what it's called. I could probably still play that, like probably, but I don't even know that with certainty. I have no appreciable <laughs> skills, man. None. I'm so jealous of Jared Bernhardt. But uh, it's a great story, and obviously uh, it means a lot with, um, with having lost his father and the, that relationship with he and his brother. So it's a, a very special thing that he's doing. He's playing really well. I know he was battling an injury for a little bit, but he's playing really well.
All right, make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus says OBJ's best landing spot is Baltimore, which was responded to by um, Benjamin Solak from The Ringer, who said very much agree. That's uh, That was passed along to me by Chris. Uh, who says that these are the reasons why Ravens fans are talking about it. I I guess. I guess those are the reasons why Ravens fans are talking about it. I think they were talking about it beforehand. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I still, I feel that way. The way I, oh, this guy knows a thing or two about Odell Beckham. He might be friends with Odell Beckham now that I think about it. Our next guest is coming back home this week. You know, you guys know how much I love this dude. This is one of my favorite human beings. He's definitely my favorite musician on the face of the planet. Uh, some of the greatest nights of my life involve being at Robert Randolph shows over the years. And he's back in town tomorrow night playing at the Wrecker. It's going to be my first time back at the Wrecker since it reopened. I had some of the great nights of my life as a young person at the old Wrecker Theater. I'm so glad it's back. And he's going to be there. He's the great Robert Randolph. And he's with us now here on GCR. Robert, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, brother. How are you, my friends? Man, I'm doing good, Glenn. How you guys doing, Every, man? Everything is good here as long as the Ravens figure out how to run the ball moving forward. We're a little bit nervous about that. Everything will be good then. Hey, are, hey man, are, 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 the Ravens have been good, you know? Oh, they of course. I mean, the, the Ravens are – you know that. The Ravens are always good. We're spoiled here in Baltimore. Like, I know. Meanwhile, us Giants fans are miserable. Okay. You know? I, I wanted – are you friends with Odell by any chance? I'm not friends with Odell. Okay, all right. No, I, I, no, I'm, I'm friends with other, with Saquon and Sterling Shepard and some of those guys, but not Odell. Okay, do, <laughs> do you, what do you think? So Odell's gone now, and uh, like all of the betting sites say, the Ravens should be one of the top teams to land him. We like finally think the Ravens actually have some wide receivers here with Hollywood Brown and with Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman. So we're a little perplexed by it. As someone who saw a lot of Odell Beckham. Yeah. Do you think the Ravens should be trying to get Odell Beckham if he slips to them? You know, I've I, I've been a Giants fan forever. I've seen Odell. Odell is never happy. He's only happy when he gets the ball, and that's Lamar's team. And the way and the way the Ravens' offense run, you know, it circles around Lamar first. So can you imagine, you know, every time Lamar runs the ball and then Odell's open and and Lamar doesn't throw the ball, but Lamar gets thirty yards. Odell's still unhappy, so y'all don't you don't want to deal with the nonsense. <laughs> well, that's a pretty uh, it slams the door shut for me. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> that's all I needed to and hear you know, about that. And and, and you, if you watch the tape and you watch the film and you watch him run, he's not as fast as he used to be. So that's my deal, I, right? Like somebody would say, "Hey, even if you think you have good wide receivers, why wouldn't you try to add another good one?" I'm like, I, "Do we know how good he is at this point? Like, it's an honest question. I'm not trying to knock the man. He was a an unbelievable player to watch when he was in New York, right? Like, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 come off the line. He's cutting. He was quick. You know, all of that's kind of gone away. He's just he's just a re- re- average receiver right now. He's he, he's not Odell. You know. I mean, that's where I am, bro. Like, that's I am absolutely at the point where I'm like, I I think I'm out. I think I'm out on any of this conversation. I don't think it makes a lick of sense. Go find me a running back. Send a Saquon Barkley when he gets healthy, dude. Let's do that, right? Like, that's what I want to talk about. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, Sa- Saquon is there, but he's over. Sa- I, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but Saquon's overrated too. He, Whoa! He don't block. 
I'm sorry, you know. I already already told the Giants owners, you know, we we gotta we gotta we can't <laughs> sign him to a long term deal because he doesn't block. What? You know, he does he doesn't run. You know, uh, straight ahead, he zigzags and he does all of that. You know. At at least you got your quarterback of the future, though. <laughs> yeah, Danny's. You know, he's he's much more promising than the rest of the guys. Oh God, <laughs> that's so depressing, though. That's such a depressing <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> yeah, man. It's you know, it's been hard watching the Giants this year, but this team Dave Gettleman put forward, it's not. I mean, we got a bunch of issues. Jason Garrett, number one, needs to go. Then Dave Gettleman needs to go. So it's a, you know, we got a long way to go. I'm, I'm, you know, you Baltimore fans should be happy, you know. Yeah, we got life is good from a football perspective. Life is good in Baltimore. <laughs> the baseball team, it's a different conversation. But from a football perspective, life is good. Uh, Robert Randolph will be at the Wrecker tomorrow night. Go right now to TheWreckerMD.com. Get your tickets. If you've never seen Robert Randolph live, I mean, it is like a biblical experience. I mean, you will you will feel something both religious and sexual at the same time. I don't know how else to describe it. It's it's just an incredible experience seeing Robert Randolph play live. Um, yeah, come on down. It's going to be a rock and roll religious time. Did, did you ever – like, I've seen you at so many places in my life. Like, I have seen you probably a hundred times. Did you ever get to play the old record theater? I feel like I that you were we never – We did, yeah. Okay. We did a long – I would say probably 2004 or five. Okay. All right. It might have been 2004. Yeah, we played the record theater. I, um, actually, it was us at Soul Live. I remember back then. Oh man, how the hell did I miss that show? Holy f! I'm gonna. I kid, don't, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That I wouldn't. Maybe I was living in Arizona <laughs> at the time. Maybe I might have. I briefly moved to Arizona for a bit, so it might have been when I was probably, living out there. That might be the story. Yeah, that's probably when you left, man. You left us here on the. Yeah. Right. You left us hanging, man, and went to the sun, you know. Where, 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 where <laughs> how good, how good has it been for you to be out touring again? Like we, you know, we talked to a lot of athletes about the difficulties of the pandemic. I can only imagine for someone like you, it's it's not just that you're a musician; it's that like literally your identity is your live shows, right? Like that's that's what people know from Robert Randolph and the Family Band is going and seeing you live. How difficult yeah, they, was everything, and and how great has it been to be back out on the road? Oh, it was rough, man. It was probably the roughest time. It's literally for all of us in the music industry. You know, we first time that we were sitting at home for almost 400 days, you know, with with no live shows to play. I mean, it's the number one reason why we make music. You know, you write songs, you, you go in the studio, you record them, you have fun with the band. And however big the song is, it doesn't make any difference. And if you don't, if you can't play it live with people and, and feel that energy and hear the fans and see the faces and smell the smoke and the beer and all of that, you know, it's nothing like it, you know, that's, I, that's, that's the reason why we all decide to become musicians. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. You say that, dude, I went to see Leon Bridges a couple of weeks ago, right. Who's amazing. Obviously like, he's unbelievable. It was an incredible night. And at one point I was there with a friend of mine and she got beer spilled on her foot <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she said, no, now I feel like I'm at a live show again. <laughs> like, exactly right. <laughs> right? Like, you've been waiting for that moment to have beer spilled on you again. Yeah, you know? you, you, I mean, yeah, you were waiting all year to go and stand in the crowd and get pushed around and see what happens. And he see people laugh and cry and sing and spear, bill, spear beer and right. somebody stage dive, you know. I mean, you know, for all of us. You know, for for all of us in the music, and it's not just the musicians. You know, so, you know, you forget about 
the people that work at the venue, the people that serve in the beer, the people that stamping the tickets, and you know the 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 venue staff, the crew, the lighting guy, the sound guy, the 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 the, the manager of the uh, of the theater or club, or you know, and all of that, we were all sitting at home, so. It was just a miserable time for all of us, but we it, it's been so great to finally get out, play these festivals and play these live shows, and it's all kind of still going, you know? So a lot of people still sort of hesitant to come out for some weird reason, but, you know, it's all going, man. We're, you know, we're, we're rolling along. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for tomorrow night at the Wrecker again. There's still some tickets available, so get yours right now for Robert Randolph tomorrow night. Let's go. You know, you and I have talked (laughs) about, like, one of the magical things about seeing you guys live is I just never know. I never know what I might get that night. And I've kind of weeped to you about how special it was when you played Artscape right after Michael Jackson had passed. And the way that you guys handled that night was one of the most amazing things I ever saw live. Did, Did you spend your time during the pandemic, like, messing around, trying to do some different things, like maybe some things that I've still never seen from you before that we might see tomorrow night? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow you're going to get a whole different rock and roll, bluesy rock fusion experience tomorrow. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's you know, people are going to be like, whoa, what's going on in here? <laughs> that's, that's the reason why I go, bro. Like, that's the reason why no matter how many times I've seen you, I still go see you the next time. Because that's yeah, the way it's that definitely going to be one of the more Robert Randolph and Friends sort of experience so you're gonna you're gonna get uh you're gonna you're really gonna get a a a very different robert randolph experience tomorrow night so everybody come on out let's rock it sell me on the idea this is a sentence that i struggle with is when a friend friends of mine who love basketball say the nba is better when the knicks are good and i say I don't feel that because i'm a suns fan right like although i might not be after yesterday jesus um, oh yeah, yeah, that's not good. I don't uh, really know what's going on over there. I haven't really dug into the story. Bro, it what, is. What did, what did he get caught saying? What, uh, what, what uh, saying? The one you can't say. Like the the really? Earl Watson said that he used that a uh, couple of times. So not okay. Not okay. There's just no getting around that, man. Um, wow. So you know, I got. I, I also have a problem with a lot of these sort of old, old time, old owners. Anyway, it just around <laughs> sports. You know, bro. I mean, it's. I don't, you know, it's not, it's not even saying that old people, but it's just a lot of these old owners are, are definitely, I've met a lot of them, and there's a lot of weird ones, man. I genuinely you know? wonder, I don't know if you, like, do, do you know James Dolan? Like, is he a friend of yours? Yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my closest friends. So, everybody, okay, this, you're going to have to explain this to me, because everybody that I talk to that's a Knicks fan hates James Dolan. So, how, how has well, that been yeah. with you? Like, being friends I mean, with, I know he's a musician, like, how has that been like? Listen. He, first of all, he's one of the great guys. He's, uh, he's, he's. Yes, yes. He would even tell you out of his own mouth. He's made some mistakes while, you know, trying to get the Knicks great. But I mean, get the Knicks good again. But the Knicks are sort of back, and he he's been taking a bad rap. But listen, in New York, we're all New York fans. We micromanage anything. Whenever our team is good, bad, we look for reasons to. Uh, to bash especially the owners first. But even when the team is good and we don't win a title, we still complain. Like, mm-hmm. Knicks, 
Knicks fans complain about Patrick Ewan. Like, you know, right. I mean, come on. That's right. You know, and, I mean, Patrick Ewan made the playoffs every year of his career, went to two finals. Yep. I mean, but they still complain. Oh, he never beat Michael Jordan. That's just, that's just yeah. Knicks fans. Yeah, a lot They're of dudes hardest. didn't beat Michael Jordan. There's a, there's a long list of guys that never beat Michael Jordan. Yeah. So James Dole is not one of those type of bad owners in a sense of, like, there's going to be some sort of weird story like like you get with the Suns. Yeah. First of all, he's first of all he's the only sports owner you know that have hired black executives to run a team many times. The only one. There is no other. <laughs> I mean, in all of the sports. The, so. the sad part is that ain't far from true, man. Like that's the sad part <laughs> is that really ain't far from true. That, that's that's infuriating. So yeah, so, so sell me on why the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Sell me on that argument. Well, because you know, you know, the, the it's the number one media market. So you got ESPN is there. You got uh, Fox Sports is all there. You got you know all of the celebrities. Everybody's there. And when Master Square Garden is rocking, you know it. It just you know the you know you hear those stories about Michael Jordan and Kobe yeah. and Shaq and Magic. They all couldn't wait to get to New York because you know. For people coming from the West Coast, you get to New York and it's like, whoa, it's just, there's, there's no energy like it in Madison Square Garden. It's, first of all, it's the only arena that you, you don't you don't have to drive to. You can take a train from anywhere in the world, you know? You, you get off the train, you go upstairs, and you're in the, inside the garden, right? So it's just a rocking arena. Fans love it. The fans are talking so much smack. It's always sold out. Regardless, if we're like five and eighty, <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now, okay, do you remember the first time you played Madison Square Garden? I do. First well, time I played Madison Square Garden was with Dave Matthews Band. And what year was it? That was two thousand two. You were. I'm. I'm trying to remember right because I was at the show that when James Brown came out on stage with Dave Matthews. Were you? Yep. You were you at that show? I wasn't at that show. Okay, all I, was right. the, I was the year after that. Oh, oh my God! What? See, so that's my, my greatest Madison Square Garden. I've seen a bunch of shows in Madison Square Garden, but Let me like, tell you something. people, I, I I actually said that a couple people that James Brown sit in with Dave Matthews is one of the best all time sit ins ever, dude. You know, I, I mean, like I lost my mind. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even imagine. And knowing those guys, right? It's funny. We had just played shows with with Dave Matthews Band at the Gorge this past summer, and you know, uh, just so happens that that day that we landed there, that was the day that Stefan Lassard and Carter Buford both tested positive for COVID, so they couldn't play the show. So it basically became like Robert Randall. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm signing up for that show though. I want to make that very clear. Like, uh, I'll pay it, my money for that show. It bro. was it was one for the ages. Nobody knew what to expect. Everybody, right, right. You know, because those guys had to play the whole weekend with no drummer and no. You know, they we had all had to fill in and make it all work. So, oh. like, once every song was over, everybody was like, 
yeah, we made it. We made it. <laughs> Dude, if you guys just did uh, a 50 minutes of Louisiana Bayou together, I would pay money just for, for that. Just to watch <laughs> you guys do that, bro. All right. Uh, yeah, man. Tomorrow night at the Wrecker, uh, which is open again, and, and you got to get there. It's going to be an amazing night with Robert Randolph. I'm, I'm telling you, I've tried telling you guys for years, there is nothing like seeing Robert Randolph and the family band live. It's an incredible experience. The Wrecker MD dot com in order to get your tickets at rrtfb on twitter is how people follow you as well correct yep yep rrrtfb on instagram and i think twitter is, is, is it the same yep well, i, I think it's the same th- i think it's the same thing absolutely at oh, rrtfb or robert randolph at twitter i don't know yeah rrtfb on yep. twitter yeah follow me on twitter you'll see me bitching listen you'll even see me bitching about the knicks all the time yeah regularly you know? <laughs> regularly is what you said. by the way you're welcome uh, we gave you carmelo anthony once we gave you Emmanuel quickly this time you're well nothing but baltimore kids that go up and uh, and help out hey man we listen iq quickly is a is a star right now no doubt man man. he's like he's like the guy everybody comes to see so hey listen you know i'll be i'm always and whenever the giants suck i'm always rooting for the ravens i know you got a lot of family here i know this place means a lot to you bro i i I, and 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 we love you here you know what too i I really just want to see lamar win you know because every you know they always talk about him maybe being a tight end or receiver bro i mean that guy is unbelievable he's special man he's special we got really lucky we got really lucky that dude is special uh, I yeah. lo- love you, brother. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Can't wait to see you tomorrow night. Thanks for doing this this morning, bro. All right, Glenn. Thanks a lot, man. I'll see you guys. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. Robert Randolph. Uh, Record Theater tomorrow night. Seriously, if you've never seen Robert Randolph play live, my God, man, it will change your life. It is It is an experience. I saw him once in, like, 2002, and I've probably been to 150 shows since then. Like, he's that good, man. He is that good. I don't know that I've been to 150 sh- I, I know yeah, I haven't I, been to 150 I, shows. I have, like, and I have a problem. Like, I'm a live music junkie. Like, it's my mm-hmm. thing. Um, but particularly with Robert Randolph, man. And it just turns out we ended up becoming friends years back. Like, he, I, I happened to be at Artscape one year when he was headlining. And we just ended up hanging out for a while, drinking some tequila. And I... It changed, you know, the guy that I was already 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 in love with as a musician, like, turned out to be one of the best dudes I had, I had ever met. And so um, I'm grateful for that friendship over the years. And he's taken care of some friends of mine when they were in tough spots. Like, he's just a he's a great human being, man. And an even better musician. Like, I, I mean that. He's a really good human being and somehow an even better musician. That's how good he is. All right, when we come back in, we're going to preview the college football weekend. Senator Justin Reedy joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing 
nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. Celebrate your love of football with Ravens scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Ravens scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Fries as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com you've got questions they've got answers sure i mean we'll go with that it's glenn and paul on glenn clock radio oh pat valeka has gone that's very sad i i mean I, I i was gonna say what's your favorite pat valeka memory but i think we all know it was the you know after he got the walk-off hit last year and he did the whole uh raise the roof thing because they couldn't uh, high-five each other. All right, uh, it is Glenn Clark Radio into hour number two of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Six ninety nine burgers on Mondays, five ninety nine nachos on Thursdays. They're the best place to hang out and watch the games, your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Of course, you can also order food, bring it home. I highly recommend the barbecue cauliflower wings. Say, that's a strange combination of words. Perhaps it is. But as I told you, we enjoyed them so much when we ordered Glory Days last Friday that my wife attempted to replicate them the next night because she was fiending for some more barbecue cauliflower wings from Glory Days Grill. That's how good they are. GloryDaysGrill.com, again, is the website for you to get your order in and stop into your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. We good? He hasn't joined We're just waiting? All right. Yep. That's all right. That's all right. Senator Justin Reedy is scheduled to join us here in just a minute to um, uh, talk about the college football weekend that is ahead. A couple more thoughts uh, from from Ryan. Ryan gets in and says, Glenn, it's not that I'm opposed to Odell Beckham. I certainly hear your argument that we don't necessarily need him. I guess my thought would be if they really restructured his deal down to $1 million, what would it hurt to bring him in? I, I hear this argument all the time. Right, like this is this is an argument that I I hear regularly, um, like about anybody. What does it hurt? Why not? And we can say this eternally. I, I remember this was um, was it Justin Dukesher that the Orioles signed once upon a time? 
And people were like, yeah, but why not? You're, you know, why not? Like, well, there is a reason why not. There is a cost that comes with doing things like that. It's the opportunity for someone else. It's, you know, whatever it is. With Odell Beckham, there is the question of, is he going to be unhappy? Does he become a problem in the locker room? And you can keep saying, well, the Ravens always seem to absorb locker room problems well. Like, okay. And I don't even know that he is, for what it's worth. I don't even know that Odell Beckham is a malcontent. Robert Randolph certainly thinks that he is. Um, I, I don't know if that's the answer, but... There is a this thing that we do like that. Why not just sign? Why not just sign Ray Lewis? Why not? We, we just keep saying why not just sign anybody. The answer to me is because that's a million dollars that you might end up spending on something that like you only have two million dollars of cap space, and you might end up needing something else as the season goes on. Now somebody might say you could also end up losing one of one of your wide receivers. Yeah, maybe. And if I knew Odell Beckham was still really good at this point, I would feel something stronger about it. I don't know that. The guy that I saw, I don't know that he's really good, that he's that much more than replacement level at this point. I get it. It's Odell Beckham that we're talking about. We think we all believe that he can be. But the guy that I saw, I, I don't know. I just don't know. All right. Uh, he joins us every Friday to preview the college football weekend. He is our friend, Senator Justin Reedy, and he's back with us for Senator's Suggestions this week. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Everybody around here is trying to get the the Ravens to pick up Odell Beckham, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't know the cap situation completely. I mean, look, taking a flyer on a guy might make sense. You make an eloquent argument about, you know, why you can't just make decisions in a vacuum. I think he can still play, but clearly something happened, and there's problems. And so I think you have to trust your front office that. They're 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 going to do their due diligence if they think a guy can really help take this team to the next level. But yeah. it's I, tough when you only got two million in space. Correct, correct. I mean, I it's just I'm I'm out. I'm I'm passing on Odell Beckham, and and we'll see. I don't even know if they'll get the opportunity to because it's totally possible somebody before them puts in a waiver claim. Right. All right, uh, let's talk some college football. Um, not again on paper. Not a great weekend of of loaded matchups, right? Like only one matchup of ranked teams this week. So. This is one of those weeks where we need somebody who knows the sport a little bit better to tell us what we should be watching out for. So, Senator, I'll let you begin. What's first on your list for uh, what we should be watching this weekend, Senator, suggestion-wise? Absolutely. I'm going to go in kind of, I guess, descending order or ascending order. I'm going to start with my, my um, third game. There's a game okay. I want to call your folks' attention to that's very important locally, I think, and it's not in my top three, but very quickly, the number 10 on my list, but it's the Penn State-Maryland game. Penn State is at Maryland. Penn State trying to stop a slide um, of three games now. Uh, two to really quality opponents, and they've had some injuries. Mm -hmm. But but they are they're at Maryland, and this is a big game for Maryland. Maryland wins, they become bowl eligible, and sets up the chance that they could win seven, maybe seven or eight games this year. Um, and it's a huge rivalry. And for Penn State to lose to Maryland twice in a row would be something to remark on. And I think it would it would definitely. James Franklin would really have a hard time explaining that one away. So I think that's one of those those um, yeah. anxiety type games for both fan bases. Uh, look, I I don't I don't feel great about Maryland's chances. I can't, you know what I mean. But Sean Clifford right. being healthy for Penn State, like you know, and they played really well when he's been healthy. But as we talked about all week, like Maryland beat them last year and and beat them pretty soundly. Like yes, really, really from start to finish was, was a dominant team. And Rakim Jarrett obviously had a, a huge game in that win. 
I, I don't know what that means with everything that Maryland's been through this year. I, you know, they still gave up 35 points to like Indiana's fourth string quarterback last week. So that's yeah, a bit I, concerning. I have a feeling Penn State is going to win this game. But yeah. I think it's a, it's a game that Maryland could really put a flag in the ground and say, hey, we really have improved this year. Right now, the jury is out. I mean, yep. they could still beat Rutgers and get bowl eligible later in the season. I don't think they're going to beat, um, you know, I don't think they're going to beat Michigan State uh, that they play later. But, um, you know, so we'll see. But I think it's an important game for, and I know for your listeners, you know, yep. following the, the yep. local sports sport scene. So. And, and Navy-Notre Dame is always a, a good game. You know, not always a good game on paper, but it's still Navy-Notre Dame. There's a lot of tradition. That's true. I've got that on yep. my honorable mentions for this week. It's a, if Navy, when Navy is, is, is good, I think this is always a great game. I, I have a feeling Notre Dame will win, beat Navy pretty well. But, you know, Notre Dame hasn't exactly blown people away this year, so yep. we'll see. It's and and, and Navy was very competitive with Cincinnati just a couple weekends they ago. They were. So, they were. So we will so see. So my number, my number three game of the week is number 10, and actually in the BCS, number nine, or in the uh, in the playoff rankings, number nine, Wake Forest at North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Wake Forest is a fun watch. They have a very quirky zone read offense that, that almost works like a weird inverted triple option that they run at different speeds. So sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll fake the handoff to the, they'll hold the ball in the running back's belly for what seems like five seconds while they're waiting for things to develop. Other times it'll be straight handoff. Other times it'll be a quicker zone read with passes into it. They've put up a lot of points. The reason I think this is an interesting game is, is North Carolina has a lot more talent on paper than Wake Forest. North Carolina has not been good this year. They've been a big disappointment. But it's at North Carolina, Wake Forest. You know, this is the kind of game that you know you could see a team like Wake, that is not as talented, but is certainly a fun team, could slip up. I think if they beat North Carolina, it really signals that Wake is is has a has a pretty good chance to go undefeated this yeah. year. They yeah. still have a couple of tough games ahead, but hey. it, it should be a, it's a, it's an important matchup for for Wake Forest. So the weirdest part about this, this is technically a non-conference game, because yes. They weren't yes, scheduled. I didn't know how in the weeds you want to get on that. Yeah, it's, it's a really because weird – I saw that. It's such a weird bit that, that they're doing this. And this is not the first year this has happened. It's, it's about two or three years in a row. For some reason, because Wake Forest and North Carolina are in different sides of the conference, Right. they they basically, I guess, want to be playing their in-state rivals. I mean, it's not – it's not, it's not in – North Carolina, NC State, North Carolina, Duke is a bigger rivalry, but, but – I guess they want to play them, but they play them as a non-conference opponent. So even if they lose North Carolina, they will still be undefeated in conference. So, so that try that on for size. It's very strange. It's very yeah. strange the way they're doing it. But this is, I think, relevant for people that bring up Maryland and the like, the the big the move to the Big Ten, and they still lament the the whole ACC situation. Right. This right. was the reality. Like the ACC was going to guarantee Maryland games against Pitt. They weren't going to guarantee Maryland games against North Carolina and Duke moving that, forward. Like that, at least not all the time. That's exa- right. Exactly. And, uh, so it's actually a great argument for a realignment of how we do conference divisions as these conferences get bigger. But that is another discussion for yep, another. Correct. Another yeah, time. We, we could take six hours debating <laughs> that. By the way, we could also um, take six hours discussing the James Madison situation this week, and um, I, I'm I'm I, it's nonsense to me. But that's a whole different topic for another. Yeah, there's day. a lot. There's a lot going on there. Maybe for the off season week. Correct. Long, cold, dark Correct. Right. So my second game of the week is is number five, and and now number number three, Michigan State in the college football playoff rankings. Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan State coming off a thrilling, huge win over Michigan. Um, last week they came from 16 points down yep which is not something you normally see from a michigan state team not usually known for being an offensive juggernaut but they have an outstanding running back and they are very opportunistic 
and they really came back and, and crushed Michigan. I mean, mentally and emotionally crushed Michigan. Uh, Michigan had that game seemingly won uh, multiple times. Michigan State is for real. They are very good. I don't know that I see them beating Ohio State down the road. But, but with all that said, Purdue has already beaten a good Iowa team in an upset. Purdue is not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad, which sort of speaks to the Big Ten West. There's a lot of sort of not great but not bad teams. Purdue, I, it's at Purdue. I could very well see this a grim, cold, rainy West Lafayette day where Michigan State struggles to, to um, kind of score a lot of points and Purdue hangs around. Uh, and so I think if this is a, this is a trap game because Michigan State could be caught looking ahead to some bigger matchups. Yeah. And Purdue is feisty. You know, they took Notre Dame. They ended up losing by more than a score to Notre Dame, but they took Notre Dame into the late fourth quarter only down a touchdown. So Purdue's not a bad team. So we'll we'll see. I think it's a again. It speaks to the lack of compelling matchups this week. Sure, that this is sure. number two on my list. But it is important, particularly because Michigan State stayed undefeated. It's important in the context of the college football playoff. Um, Michigan State needs to be undefeated when they play Ohio State. They could still be in contention conceivably, even if they lost narrowly to Ohio State. So it, it's it's an important game. Uh, I think it's I think it's huge. I also think that it's important, as you pointed out, in the Heisman Trophy because like that was a moment for Kenneth Walker last week. Like that Absolutely. was a that was an announcement, Absolutely. and it's the type of thing where like if he has more games like that in big spots, like if he plays like that against Ohio State, I I, I know Bryce Young is sort of the de facto Heisman front runner at the moment, but like those types of performances. I think could vault him ahead and make him the Heisman winner because that was I think so too. And, you know, Bryce Young was on the bench last week. This week, Bryce Young, they'll play LSU. He'll put up big numbers. But until we get to basically the final weekend of the season, Bryce Young's games are against sort of inferior competition. Yep. Yep. So for a Kenneth Walker, he needs to – this is on national TV. You know, he, he can keep putting up numbers. And, I, you know, people love a good story. No doubt. So, yeah. No doubt. All right. And your big one this week? The big one, the number one game of the weekend, and this really is a, a barn burner. It's number 12, Auburn versus number 13, Texas A&M. Uh, it's the game. It's For me, it's the game of the day. It's on CBS. Uh, if A&M wins, they will be the clear number two in the SEC West, hoping maybe Alabama loses one more game, and then they could go to the SEC title game. A&M has improved dramatically since the start of the year. They've adapted to a new quarterback. Now, since Alabama, they've played two pretty inferior SEC teams, South Carolina and Missouri. They've won convincingly. Auburn is a different kettle of fish. <laughs> Auburn is really coming on strong, much to my chagrin, as you know. Right. Uh, they are playing much more solid. Bo Nix has is, is gotten surprisingly less Bo Nixie. Uh, he is much more <laughs> – he's always been a dynamic playmaker that he will make a great play and then he'll make a terrible play. He's really played within himself in their offense. Um, he, he's allowed for, he's made some great plays with his feet, but then he hasn't done stupid stuff with the ball, but you know, they also have, you know, this will be the first tough, this will be probably the first tough road game they've had in about three weeks. A&M plays really good defense. I think a and is going to squeak this one out, but if Auburn wins, if Auburn wins, they really are right there to win the sec West. They have, they'd have to beat Alabama. They'd have to win the rest of their games and beat Alabama. Right. Um, but they could, and frankly, a two-loss Auburn that beat Alabama and somehow managed to beat Georgia could get into the college football playoff. Pretty far-fetched. Yeah, it's a long, right. right. Pretty far-fetched. But, but what I will say is, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for a really great first season for Brian Harson. When I, I and many others thought they would take a step back and be more of a 7-5, and 8-4 and four type team, uh, they're, they're playing very well. So this, I think this will be a classic 27-24 type, 20, you know, 31-27 type game, an SEC game where they play good defense, but they do score points as well. 
And and I think it's a it's definitely worth a watch down there in College Station. All right, at Reedy CFB on Twitter is how you follow him. The Duck Pin is where you find all of his college football musings as well. Senator Justin Reedy, Senator Suggestions, appreciate you, my friend. Let's talk again next Friday. All right. Thanks so much. Senator Justin Reedy joining us once again here on a Friday to get us ready for a college football weekend. And um, I, Kenneth Walker, man, that guy is that guy is really good. We don't have to take a break. We can we can push it till after. Um, that guy is really really good, man. He is uh, the dude was a monster, obviously against Michigan last week, and very exciting player to watch. And Maryland fans are gonna get to see him here in a couple of weeks. And I don't like my chances. Don't like my chances if I'm a Maryland fan in that matchup. Whoo boy. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. And speaking of the Ravens, they, of course, will be at home this Sunday for a matchup with the Vikings as the game is on Fox this week. By the way, it's kind of a cool week because Fox's pregame show, Fox NFL Sunday uh, for Veterans Day, uh, and the the celebration, mil- uh, the whole military appreciation this month, um, they're going to be doing the pregame show from the Naval Academy in Annapolis on Sunday. So sort of a neat day um, if you're watching that and then right into Ravens-Vikings on Fox. Our next guest will be on the call. He is Mr. Adam Amin, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Adam, it's uh, Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, absolutely, man. Good to talk to you guys. Dan GC, always a pleasure. Hey, man, it's great to hear from you. Um, I, I can only imagine, like, when you get the opportunity to call a game that involves Lamar Jackson, there's got to be something, you know, you've done everything, obviously, in your career, but there's just got to be something about that that makes you say, yeah, I'm a little bit more amped because I just never know when I might be calling something that's one of the most special things I've ever seen. I mean, my first exposure to Lamar was 2016, and I, I think we've talked about this, GC, I can't remember, but uh, I did the Syracuse Louisville Friday night oh, game at the Carrier yeah, Dome. Yeah, I did. I did the game with the Lamar Leap. Uh, it was me, Mac Brown, and Molly McGrath. And from play one, I believe it was James Quick was his receiver that he threw it to. But on the first play of the game, it was a flick of the wrist, seventy-five yard, perfectly thrown touchdown ball. Perfect on the first play of the game. I want to say the first or first play of the next series that they got the ball was he had a perfect pull on a zone read and completely fooled the Syracuse defense and like cruised to a 75 yard rushing touchdown. Like it was nothing. And then you get a couple plays later in the game or a couple quarters later in the game, he does the leap. Right. And then you guys remember, I'm sure you've seen a million highlights of this at some point where he's running along the left side. Syracuse guy tries to undercut him. He just hurdles him like it's nothing and walks in on the left pylon for a touchdown. And I just, my jaw was on the floor Yep. because I hadn't seen it in person, consecutive plays. Just, it was as dominant of a player as I've seen. And Mark Schlereth made a comment to John Harbaugh during one of our meetings and said, Lamar, is the best like these are the best athletes on the field and Lamar makes it look like sometimes sometimes that he's playing with JV players like this is there's a level that I I don't know if you can fully appreciate if you live in Baltimore and you've only watched the Ravens and their opponents the last few years I doubt that because you guys are smart football fans but like I, I don't know unless you see a bunch of guys in person 
how much different Lamar is as an athlete. I just got done doing a Bears game and watching Justin Fields. And if you guys saw the highlight, he had a phenomenal yeah. no, no. Uh, yep. touchdown run. Yep. And I go, that's what the Bears should be doing. They they should be putting together an offense for, for Justin Fields the way Lamar Jackson has an offense put together for him. They adapt. That, that's, that's been the, the most fun part about watching him transition from college to the NFL. And I saw him during his coming out party that, that, that Heisman year. And I saw his development and saw his evolution. And to watch him now, see what, what, what this offense does to adapt to his skill set, I love watching it. I wish more teams would do it. It's joy, man. I mean, we have been, obviously, we've been spoiled in Baltimore. It's an absolute joy watching that dude play every week. And as you know, we are, in, in Baltimore, if somebody says something that's even, like, remotely negative about Lamar Jackson, we are prepared to go murder that person. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how defensive we are of Lamar Jackson here. And we shouldn't have to be because he's just that spectacular. Everybody should realize at this point. I, I, that being said, I think there's starting to be a little bit of concern this year specifically that the Ravens are asking Lamar to do too much now. Sure. That they're getting so little from their run game. They don't even have a running back averaging 40 yards per game. That's unpressed. Like, no Super Bowl champion has done that. That's insane to get that little help. Lamar's got to be the guy at the run offense, and he's been asked to throw the ball at times 40 times a game this season. Are, are, are you at all worried about how much they're asking, knowing he's potentially Superman, how much they're asking of Lamar Jackson at this point. Yeah, I am a little bit. And it's mostly on third and fourth down. And that's what's starting to hurt this offense a little bit, is when they're getting third and nine, third and seven, you're getting into situations now where you're, you're putting defenses in rough spots. Part of the reason that this offense has been so good over a long period of time is that typically on first and second down, they're getting good yardage, yep. whether it's, four yards on first down, three yards on first down, another three or four on second down. So there's a lot of third and shorts. And then you get to let Lamar make decisions. John Harbaugh talked about that. We put a lot on him, and we give him a lot of responsibility, and he can handle it. But exposure does become a factor when you're playing Cincinnati twice a year, when you're going to play Pittsburgh again, when you're going to see you know, defenses that have keyed in on trying to stop you, and you are line item number one on the game plan every week, just exposure worries me. I think the concern is valid because now look at third and fourth downs. Lamar's passing numbers are not great on third and fourth downs. Now, obviously, he does a phenomenal job of decided, being decisive on when he wants to take off. If he sees it, he's going to go. And if he sees the, the alley, he's going to go. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, I think his decision-making in that regard has been really, really good. But when he does have to pass, when the pocket does have to collapse a little bit because you're not winning your bat, you know your 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 third down pass rush, when you're not winning it on the offensive line, you're gonna have to do some extra things if you're Lamar Jackson, whether it's dance a few more seconds in the pocket because I know he wants to stay there when he when he want, when he sees routes develop downfield, and then he's he has forced some things. His passer rating on third and fourth down is fifty one point seven. His passer rating on first and second down is 108.3, all right? And, and it's, it's, he's twice as good, essentially, on the early downs as he is in the late downs, passing the football. So, yes, a little bit of a concern for me is the exposure because mm -hmm. now you're – and the yardage situations that Lamar is getting into and this offense is getting into more specifically on third down. He is Adam Amin. He will be on the call, as you mentioned, with Mark Schlereth Sunday, 1 o'clock for Ravens-Vikings on Fox. He's with us here on GCR. 
Um, Adam, you know, the, the only thing you can do about that, right, is improve the run game. And, and the Ravens, yeah. you know, they, they passed at the deadline and trying to add another running back. I, I don't I don't know that there's a, a good answer to me internally about how they improve the run right. game. I, I think they just have to hope for the best. What I'm confused by is all of a sudden you're seeing this week with Odell Beckham available, like Vegas, like list the Ravens as being number two of teams that could acquire Odell Beckham and Ravens fans. Are, I, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't see it. Like their problem right now to me, isn't, isn't their weapons throwing the ball to it's the best that this team has had in a long time. D- does it make any sense to you at all? The, the thought process that the Ravens would be involved with Odell Beckham. I, I, it doesn't to me because all right, so here's the same reason that people are talking about the Bucks. Like, oh, but they, the Bucks should go get him because Antonio Brown's dealing with an injury and all that. And I, I what I what I kind of gather is that the Bucks have a very good chemistry in their receiving room right now. In their wide receiver room, you got Evans, who's the captain, obviously. Brown is is trying not to make any noise because he's had he's, he's done some dumb stuff and he's getting a second chance, and I think he's appreciative of that. So he wants to lay low and be quiet on this on on all of this. You know, Godwin is is an exceptionally talented receiver. All these guys are getting their reps. They're get like Cyril Grayson scored a big touchdown last year. <laughs> so like who? They're, yeah. That's a that's a good balance of ego in the room right now. Odell Beckham Jr. is is it has an aura to him, and he's going to carry that aura wherever he goes. He's a presence. He's gravitational in a lot of ways, but that also comes with some. You have to give him that space, otherwise he's not really going to be productive for you in the way that you want. He his his psychology is very much tied to his physicality. So if you don't want to mess up the chemistry that you have in this room, and right now between Andrews and Brown being the deep guys, Watkins being a really productive guy, and I really enjoy Rashad Bateman. I I think his what he's done on third down, a lot to like. I really, yeah. I I think that's that's a great pick, right? Like that's that's looking like a really sharp number three receiving option. That's great. So I like the chemistry and the makeup of this of this receiver room and tight end room right now. And I, I wouldn't want to mess that up, especially if you now have to take away from the deep threat that Andrews and, and Brown are right now. So I, it doesn't make sense to me. It may not make sense salary-wise. Again, don't at Lamar Jackson, as he tweeted earlier today, like a half hour ago. Just He's like, at the Ravens, don't at me. I can't do anything about it. So, <laughs> it's not his movement. Uh, I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense. But, I mean, he's still an exceptional talent. And it's, it's more often than not a, a risk that GMs feel that it's worth taking. I don't think the Ravens will. And I don't think he'll be number one on the list. But Or the Ravens will be number one on his list. Right. But if there was an offer made out there, who would turn down wanting to play with with this offense? Right. Well, that's I get from the from the opposite side. If I'm Odell Beckham, I'm absolutely rooting to end up in Baltimore, right? Like if I'm him, this is a place that I'd want to be. I just on this side, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Adam, um, you know, we're not used to having these conversations, but there's a defensive problem in Baltimore, right? And again, we yep. we say all these things in the context of they're five and two, you know, like oh, right. what they've right. been able to do is unbelievable to be five and two given the number of injuries they dealt with. It's 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 insane. And we all recognize that, and and I want to make that very clear, because every time I bring this up, it sounds like I'm being very negative. But the context is they want to win a Super Bowl, right? And and the defense we're used to in Baltimore is, it ain't this. Um, how alarmed were you in watching film this week, getting ready for the game, about just how bad the tackling has been for the Baltimore Ravens during the course of this season? Yeah, what is it, fifth most missed tackles in the league right now, 58 of them. You know, yeah. you saw a team last night in the Jets struggle with that. Uh, against the Colts as well. Uh, the Vikings missed tackles, but essentially lost them the game against Dallas. Like, tackling in this league is bad right now, in general. And, and that's also, 
a credit to the offenses that you're seeing. You know, you, there's a lot of downhill stuff happening. Sure. There's a lot of space in, in offenses in the NFL right now. So, yeah, tacklers have been put on, on islands more in the last 10 years than they necessarily have, uh, you know, prior to that. But you still have to be fundamentally sound in tackling because otherwise it's just law, it's hidden yardage that you're giving up. You know, the only reason certain offenses are good is because they get yards after the catch. And if you can limit yards after the catch, that's a big deal in this league right now with how offenses are structured. So, you know, Dalvin Cook gets a lot of touches in space. Her Cousins throws to the flat route about as much as any bets. That's something for the Minnesota offense. They throw to the flat route about as much as any team in the NFL. So you're going to have Dalvin Cook, you know, maybe Justin Jefferson, maybe Thielen, Smith Marset, maybe one of their tight ends, but but probably Cook in space. And you have to bring him down. You can't miss this many tackles. Marlon Humphreys had issues in space. Patrick Queen is trying to play more downhill and be a little bit more sound. And if he doesn't do that, you're giving up five or six extra yards on some of these plays that usually go for two or three yeah. if you swarm and gang tackle. Now you're giving up six, seven, eight yards. And over the course of a long game, those things add up. And you saw how it snowballed in the second half against Cincinnati, right? Like the the long the the the, the missed tackles is one thing, the yards after catch given up this year, and that's a combination of both missed tackles and some bad coverage at times. Marlon Humphreys had some rough moments, no doubt, uh, on the outside corner spot. We know Averett's going to get challenged because teams respect Humphreys, so they're going to go after Averett. He's the most one of the most targeted cornerbacks in the NFL. So. There's a combination of concerns, I think, with this defense right now. And it has very little to do with the talent. It has very little to do with the talent. I love watching some of the guys. I, 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 the last time I saw Patrick Queens, I haven't done a Ravens game the last two years, was on the field in New Orleans in the national championship game mm-hmm. when he won defensive MVP uh, against Clemson. And I was just like, this guy really, I really want good things for this kid because he's fun to watch. And I like this defense. But right now, tackling, and some coverage issues is enough. And those are, those are the two biggest things. In a passing league that likes to go deep and in a passing league that likes to use space in the flat, that's a major concern this week for, for the Ravens. We, we really want to like Patrick Queen, but, man, it's tough when you, your first-round pick from a year ago is not even on the field for 50% of snaps at the moment because of the, yeah. the lack. I mean, it's it's just a tough it's a tough spot for a team to be in, um, to be dealing with something like that, man. And hopefully, hopefully he bounces back and writes the ship in the second half of the season. All right, uh, Adam Amin, of course, on the call for uh, Ravens-Vikings on Sunday. I'm also rooting um, – we got to know Troy Baxter a little bit while he was at Morgan State. I know he's in the G League yeah. right now, but I'm hoping that you get the opportunity to call him because, my God, is he a fun player to watch play, man. Like, when, when he dunks, he is, uh, he is something special. So I'm hoping that he finds his way to the Chicago Bulls roster at some point this season. So you that dunk, him. that dunk he had in Summer League. Dude. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't think it was in Charlotte. I can't remember now. But he had this one dunk in summer league where you just like you were taken aback. You're like, whoa, that that's guy, a different level of bounce. Like that guy. That, that guy, that guy has some ability, and that's fun to watch. And I like he. It's going to be tough to get to see him, uh, yep. you know, barring injuries. Yep. Uh, but but it's a good it's a good piece to have. And they brought him in late in the preseason for a reason. They're like they gave up some guys, and we're like, no, I think I think this guy can help us. And and this is an athletic Bulls team now, so that's that's a, a focus for this group. They're not very big around Nikola Vucevic and I guess Tony Bradley, not really big on this lineup. Patrick Williams is hurt for the season. So this is a team of athletes right now, and they're trying to beat teams up the floor. And 
Troy Baxter, at the very least, fits that profile. Yeah, he certainly does. He fits the bill of athleticism. There's no question about that, man. He is something. It'd be a very big deal for the folks at Morgan State if uh, he were to end up on an NBA roster. Uh, Am I right to to assume that, like, I can go ahead and click unfollow at this point, that you've just kind of given up on on, on Twitter at this point in your life? Uh, I mean, I'm on it. You know, I'm on it, and I just – I monitor it. Like I said, I was watching Lamar tweet about OBJ earlier today, and it's just – I stopped tweeting in July. I went on vacation. I hadn't gone on vacation in 13 months, and and I, you know, I'd been working nonstop, and and I was fortunate enough to take a break. And I just, I was like, let me not tweet. Right. You know, I, it was during the NBA Finals. I was sitting in Hawaii. You know, you got the ocean there. You know, I got a, I got some books next to me. Let me put my phone down, stop tweeting for a little while, and I just stopped. And I think I've tweeted one time since, and I just, it wasn't even worth it. It wasn't even that funny, and I deleted it. And I just. It's it's a little bit easier to deal with with it when you're not focused on huh. just just that space. You know, I, it's tough to monitor sometimes. You guys know it. Uh, yep. It's 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 a sounding board. It's a message board. It's becoming just the world's largest message board more than anything else. And I'm trying to curate it so that I can do it. You know, use it for my job properly and, and use it in the most efficient way. But as, as much as I miss getting these jokes off, I really do. It's nice to be able to think outside of 280 characters. I am, I am so insanely jealous, man. I am so insanely jealous, and it's, it would improve my life greatly for me to make the same decision. If you still want to follow him in case Adam decides to get back on Twitter at some point, at Adam Amin on Twitter is where you follow him. Uh, dude, you've been great to me over the years. Always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us. We'll see you Sunday in Baltimore, all right? It's... You got it, boys. Appreciate you very much. Adam Amin on the call for uh, Ravens-Vikings this Sunday on Fox. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Him and Mark Schlereth will have that one for you. All right, today's show, uh, or a quick reminder, if you missed the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show yesterday, you can go right now to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, click on the videos tab, or go to pressboxonline.com slash video and see it there. We do the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 1130 with Ken Zalas as he sets your lineup for the week. Uh, and also just sort of talks about the big topics in the world of fantasy football. It's all brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. We'll come back in. Young Utes, Tidbit, Tubular, to wrap it up, Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. The next Ties Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia.
The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. A couple of things. Uh, Anthony got in. Anthony Vetrano said, I disagree with Robert Randolph uh, regarding James Dolan. As someone from Baltimore, I know from the Ursays and the Angeloses, as a former Knicks season ticket holder, Dolan was the worst. I gave up my ticks, stopped watching basketball entirely, and was so disgusted. Uh, See Isaiah Thomas. I'm happy the Knicks are doing well and agree that when they are doing well, there's nothing quite like it. That said, Dolan made or makes me appreciate the shoddy and the Ravens management all the more, and Dolan is no longer the worst. That's Dan Snyder. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to argue, although if the stories about Robert Sarver and Phoenix are true, maybe Robert Sarver is, is a worse owner, I don't know, than Dan Snyder, but it's hard to imagine there being a worse owner in all of professional sports than Dan Snyder is. Look, I'm, I, and that was an awkward, like, in funny, I don't really care all that much about it because obviously we don't do New York here, it's not our thing. But it's an interesting dynamic because I do know that James Dolan is like a musician and is big a deal in the musician world. So it's not surprising to me that Robert and James created a relationship. And if what he's saying is Dolan might be a bad owner, but he's not a bad human, which is what we think, you know, Dan Snyder is, it's what we think that Robert Sarver now is. I, I get that point. Right. And I do think that there is a separation. A lot of times. As you know, in the, the previous job that I worked at, there was uh, quite a bit of acrimony towards Peter Angelos directly. And it was easy to jump on board because it was horrendous ownership. I mean, it was, it was unthinkable how horrendous the ownership was. But what I would be reminded by a lot of people at times, they would say, be careful Peter Angelos is still a person that does a lot of good charity things in Baltimore. He's still a person that means a lot to a lot of people within this city because of his giving, because he does give money to various people and has causes that matter. And while he might not be a good baseball owner, and there's there was kind of no debate about that, he's, he was definitely not a good baseball owner after a certain point, like the first few years, you know, were pretty good. And then after that, he, there's no debate about Peter Angelos specifically. And of course... I don't, 
I don't hold that over John Angelos. John Angelos has the right to be his own person and leading a baseball team, and you know whatever ends up happening in the years to follow, we'll judge John Angelos by that. It's not fair to judge John Angelos by his father, right? Like that's that's unfair. I think the Blackhawks had a well, maybe now the Blackhawks aren't a great example of that either. Now that we know what's been going on, that Jesus, why, why does everything have to suck? Why does everything have to be awful, man? <laughs> that's um, life in twenty twenty, right? Like we're just waiting for the next thing. Um, but to, to my point, like there is something between being an awful owner of a team and being an awful human being. And I do think that being an awful human being is worse than being an awful owner. Like, I think there's something to be said there. And I think I understood what, um, Robert Randolph was trying to say in that way that like, look, as a person, he's not a bad person. Now, I think that there are a lot of Knicks fans that were angry that he got into a fight. I think he kicked Charles Oakley out of the arena or something like, I mean, there's a lot of crap that's not okay. But I get, I get what you're saying. I certainly understand that, Anthony, and I'm, and I'm sure that Robert's relationship with him is unique because he is a musician. Um, and then I feel like there was something else that I was supposed to respond to. And I'm, oh, uh, uh, Proctor attempted to search for someone who's won both uh, a lacrosse and football national championship and is struggling to do it. I can't say that it hasn't been done because there's so many levels of athletics, right? Like we're talking about even in this scenario, Jared Bernhardt would be winning um, the football championship at the Division II level. So I don't know that there isn't someone at a Division three school somewhere that played on both the football and lacrosse teams. It's not wildly uncommon for a lacrosse player to also be a football player. It's certainly not something that happens at the Division One level where you play both sports concurrently because there's fall practice for football or there's spring practice for football there's fall practice for lacrosse you just wouldn't those two sports typically aren't sports that are played concurrently um at at high levels but at the lower levels perhaps is there somewhere where they're both a football and you know the salisbury football is quite good we all know that they're lacrosse power i just don't know if there's someone out there and i i did a search on it i tried and Nothing came up, but I can't say with certainty that that means the answer is that no one's ever done it before. I just, I, I, I've got a lot of data. I don't have that data, right? Like, I can't <laughs> say it enough. definitively. It's time for Young Utes. We uh, normally do it every Friday. Obviously, last week we were doing our college basketball preview show. There was a lot going on, so we took a week off. But let's get back into it. Lil' Jordan is here. Young Utes brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Yes, Lil' Jordan, what you got? Have you guys talked at all about a pole assassin this week? So, you know what? I don't think I've talked about it on the show. I included it in, uh, it made an appearance in Power Rankings at PressBoxOnline.com this week. But um, I did hear, I did, hang on. I had a couple of good tweets yesterday. Adam Amin talked about, like, getting out some Twitter jokes. Um, Hang on, let me me pull up. I had two yesterday. Did you see the story? I don't know, you didn't include it. Did you include the story about the moose and young utes? Do you, know, uh, do you know about the, okay the, the answer is no if you don't there was a moose on the loose in Canada yesterday that ended up inside a school um, disrupting the day believe it or not it's very difficult to do school when there's a, a moose that has broken into the the school um, so the moose in Saskatoon just broke through the window at Sylvia Fedoric school no one was hurt kids are fine here's a picture of the moose inside a classroom that's legitimately a moose 
that ended up inside a school yesterday in Saskatoon, to which I responded, this will mean nothing. There's no chance that you ever saw the Vacation movie, correct? Like, you never, of course you haven't. You seen Christmas Vacation at least? No. Jordan, I'm going to demand that before you come in next Friday, it's Christmas season now. Yes. My decorations are up. I've been listening to music all week. You go watch Christmas Vacation. If you never watch Vacation, I'll, I'll live with that. But you will watch Christmas Vacation. It's, the, it's, it's a top ten most important film that you're going to watch in your life. He's right? not joking. Yes. Yeah, you need to do it. This is an assignment for you. To let your professors know, let your parents know, whoever you need to let know, that you need to take an hour and a half and you need to watch Christmas. It's got to be streaming somewhere, right? Like, it's got to be... I believe it's on Peacock. Okay. I could be wrong. I have but, Peacock. But the, the wife and I watch it every year. I bought, I mean, I bought her the DVD, I mean, DVD last year for Christmas because she lost her. The only question I have year. is why it's only once. That's the only question <laughs> I have about that scenario is why it's only one we, time a year. We, yeah. That's, that's a good question. We watch it more it. than that's once only, around Christmas. Under, understood. <clears throat> more than once. Watch Christmas Vacation. You might never watch Vacation, but if you watch... I said... School's closed today. Moose in the classroom should have told you, which you would think was funny if you had seen the original Vacation movie where they end up at Wally World and uh, the uh, uh, park's closed today. Moose out front should have told you. I got a lot of... Tra- I, the other one that I shared I thought would get a little bit more, it was Anwar Richardson who covers uh, the Texas football program. He's a beat reporter, or he was, yeah, for orangebloods.com and rivals.com. And he said, Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian said the monkey story is not a distraction at all said that's a personal matter, to which I said, same. Also not distracted by it in any way. I want that to be known. I am not distracted by the pole assassin and the monkey story. But for those that don't know, go ahead and give the background on the pole assassin and the monkey. Yes. So the mon- so Texas special teams coach, Jeff Banks, he is— Who apparently is a very well-thought-of coach. Like, someone who is considered to be a future head coach, like, he is apparently very well thought of. He's in a relationship with Danielle Thomas, a former stripper whose stage name was Pole Assassin. Part of her stage... By the way, you better be good. (laughs) You're going to use the term Pole Assassin. (laughs) You better be... I better not go see you perform and come away saying, "Eh, it was okay. Now it's a pretty literal name. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sort of, yeah. sort of. And, and so Pole Assassin has a pet monkey who is apparently part of her pole act. Also something that I would like to know more about, for what it's worth. I would like to get more answers to be- about that. And so Banks was having a Halloween party, and trick-or-treaters actually came to the uh, front of his house. The Banks, the Banks estate, of course, yeah. right there in Bel Air, uh, where they're regularly throwing uh, uh, j- jazz out the front DJ door. Jazzy the, Jeff. The, ba- the Banks estate, yes. Yeah. Carlton and, and Lee's, the whole crew. And so uh, the monkey attacked one of the young trick-or-treaters, and the monkey's jaws had to be pried off the small child. But by using, but, like, I think by using, like, the jaws of life, they had to, like, it was, like, crazy oh, what they had to do. I, uh-huh. I, I don't, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that part, but they had okay. to, like, literally get something in order to. So, the story's insane. First of all, this man had a family, left his family to start a new family with the pole assassin. Again, I do not kink shame. Wherever you find love, you find love, man. I know people that have fallen in love with strippers. That's. God bless. Like, I am, I'm, I'm, I do not, I do not hate that at all. So, we start with that. They throw a Halloween party that, to, I, to my understanding, was basically just like an Ali Ali Oxenfree. Like, we're opening up our house. 
anybody wants to come by, by all means, come by. That it was not a certain people were invited. This was just like a neighborhood child. Yes. <laughs> well, in response to that, Pole Assassin defended her emotional support monkey, claiming that the 11-year-old child should know better than to enter someone's yard without permission. Okay, so I, this, I actually saw... the. <laughs> I, I went on a deep dive, bro. I went on a deep dive on the pole assassin. Uh, she posted a video that showed that there was a secluded part of the yard where she keeps this monkey, and it had a sign that said, stay out. There was other parts of there. They apparently have a, have a lot of space the, at the Banks estate, right, as you would expect. You got the, the pool house where Will and Carlton are, <laughs> are sleeping out back. Right, like they've got all the space at the Banks Estate, and there was a very specific part of the yard that was like fenced off, and it did, according to her, the sign was up during the party, don't go in there. So if that's the case, and it said like animals in here, don't go in here, or something like that. If that's the case, eh, I might be siding with the pole assassin a little bit. I might, I might jump back over to the pole assassin side of the story if that really is the case. And she made a nice, she documented a video. Saying, yeah. look, here it is. There's a sign here. It said, don't go back there. There's a monkey back there. And then apparently, like, even beyond that, you got to really stick your arm in. Because she walked up to the cage and she showed it. She's like, you got to really stick your arm in in order to have something like that happen. So I, she might, I might be on Team Pole Assassin at this point. I don't know. I Like, if now the other side of the story is, like, the, the, the little girl and, like, her mom are like, no, that sign wasn't there. They clearly hung up that sign like afterwards to try to avoid a lawsuit, eh, you know we got two sides. There's always two sides yeah. to a story, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't know, but uh, but I, I'm I am fascinated by this woman. I'm fascinated by this relationship. I'm fascinated by this story. I could not get enough pole assassin and the monkey in my life. But again, Texas football says not a distraction. They're good, and I say slightly more distracted on this side of things. That and might actually, be the only reason I'm paying attention to Texas football. Correct. It's slightly more distracting for me. Uh, I was a bit distracted by the story this week, so maybe I lied when I said same. It is a bit of a distraction for me. Number two on your list. So, Vostok Island. You ever had a buddy who fell in love with a stripper? You ever had a... I think most drunk guys at strip clubs No, I mean like, like beyond just like in the moment. Beyond, I mean like pursued a relationship no, one of my one no. of my closest friends fell in love with a stripper and like was pursuing a relationship with her and this is not a joke at one point he was like can we get together this weekend she said no i have to fly to miami i'm working for Dwayne wade this weekend <laughs> and he was like i think this might be more than i'm capable of handling i think i might be swimming in deeper waters than i can and i said bud I think you might be right about that. I think this might be the part at which you say, I, I tried. And I look, man, if you, you know, God bless you if you're capable of it. Like, I just, I, knowing this particular friend, I said, but I, I think you're making the right call on this one. Yeah. I, think, I think that you, knowing you, jealousy, things along those lines, I just don't think that you're, you're the type of man that's necessary in order to handle this, I can't. I can't imagine the big guy in um, 
forgetting Sarah Marshall, you probably think strippers like you too. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I don't right. think if I do have any friends that have fallen in love with a stripper, I don't think they'd no, ever say it out loud. Let's make this very clear. Strippers date people. Like, no, I don't no, think this, I, they, they are in relationships. They they like this is not be it's one thing to like be at a strip club and be like, "Oh, I'm in love with that girl." Like that's a different thing. Um I randomly, I we I think it, I don't remember who's somebody's bachelor party. I I noticed that this one particular girl came to dance at our table and then didn't leave. <laughs> like, she was still there. And we had been talking for, like, 30 minutes. And then I started to notice it was just me and her, and everybody else had walked away. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, what, what just happened here? We were, like, talking about our kids. We are like, talking about... And she went into my phone, added herself as a friend on Facebook on my phone. We're still friends to this day on Facebook. I still see her pop up every now and then. And she messaged me, like, we should get together with our kids. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really weird like way of saying. Like, I go back to my wife and I'm like, hey, so we're gonna set up a play date. Uh, um, she's like, oh, with who? And I'll be like, well, um, well, it was, it was, it was Jamie. Oh, who's Jamie? Well, uh, she's a nice girl, nice girl. Uh, she's got, she's got two kids, and I think we should all get, we get all the kids together. I think it'd be really nice. It'd be really nice if we went about doing that. I think my wife would go for that. I think I think she'd be understanding in those circumstances. All right, number two. Vostok Island. So a Reddit user posted about this. It was a very strange black hole found on Google Maps. Here is the photo. Wait, what is that? It's allegedly, allegedly but an it's island. Not, but it's, okay, all right. Allegedly all right. an all right. island. Mm-hmm. And so... Vostok Island, discovered 200 years ago in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, 400 miles from Tahiti. A user posted the image of the dark mass on Reddit, sparking speculation it was a blurred-out military base. So, naturally, people from Reddit did their, air quotes, research. And so, one user said that the island, the darkness, comes from Pisonia trees, which grow up to 100 feet tall as to appear so dense that it's a carpet on top of the island. So, some people have said that it's this military base that Google Maps has blurred out because Google Maps okay. has blurred right. out things right. in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, okay. But some right. have just said, no, it's just this island in the middle of nowhere that just has a lot of vegetation. So okay, all right. I mean, I don't believe in black holes. I don't. I, be, I think I believe in the Bermuda Triangle, though. I don't know why, but I think I might believe in the Bermuda Triangle. I don't believe in any of that stuff. So I, that's definitely a. You don't think black holes are real? No, I don't. I don't. I've never I, heard anybody say that before. Why? Why, I mean, why, why would they be real? What, like, what, how could that? To do what? Like, you have to be able to explain the existence of a black hole. How do you explain the existence of a black hole? I, how do you explain most of stuff in space? Yeah, but this isn't in space. This is somewhere in. Like, I'm not talking about, maybe in space there's black. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. But this isn't, where is this again? Around, like, the Tahiti yeah, area. Yeah, I mean, come, this is a real place. If, this if, isn't if a black hole. Bla- if, if that was a black hole, it would be swallowing, the Earth would just implode on That's itself. what I'm saying. It, that's like, not a black it's hole. It's not a black hole. It's a blurred out island. It could, be, it could be either blurred out or it could just be so dense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know enough about the technology but, of the camera, what they're shooting. I, I like, I, I get why it looks weird. Yeah. It certainly looks weird, but yeah. there is... There are explanations. These, by the way, it's also like I know how desperate we are to believe in UFOs. Like I understand that, but we're doing a lot of 
like this proves aliens are real when like just because something is unidentified doesn't mean it couldn't later be identified. Like I understand the idea that there's an unidentified flying object. Like, wow, I don't know what that is, but yet it's flying. We can get the answer at some point. After a while, we could get the answer to it. I don't fall to the idea that it just proves that there's like alien life. That's the alleged island with all the trees. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That but they, they they could definitely be hiding something there. Sure, they could be hiding yeah. something there. hundred percent, they could be hiding something there. There's, you know, I'm not. I'm absolutely not convinced they're not hiding something there. But it's not a black hole. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. yeah no. Right. Yes, that was. And then. Then num- I get it. I get it, John. You, you, John, you're hundred percent right. <laughs> yes, the government. Roll. No, but the government has essentially like acknowledged. The, the concept of UFOs. But they haven't acknowledged is that they're proof of like life elsewhere. We've made that conclusion. We have no idea what it is. It could be anything. We've decided that because essentially the government has said we, there are certain things that have shown up that we can't identify, we're like, aliens! Did you hear about this telescope that's going up that's supposed to be um, stronger than the Hubble? telescope that's going up I in December. Not, I'm not aware of And that. it's going to travel to all these, like, ectoplanets and whatnot outside of our... Ectoplasm? There's going to be actual ectoplasm uh, uh, now? That might not be the word. I thought... Right when, wait a go- second. Right when the new Ghostbusters movie is coming out? <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm sure. This telescope is supposed to be able to tell us if there is life on these planets that we've discovered outside of our solar system. I mean, look, do I think it's impossible? No. I don't think it's impossible. Of course I don't think it's impossible. But do I think it's... Likely, eh, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. All right, number three. Number three is both of these things come out of New Zealand, and one of them is New Zealand has named the world's year's ugliest potato. <laughs> I'm actually on board for this. And they named it. What was what was the other? We did Fat Bear Week. I'm all yeah. for Ugly Potato yeah. Week. And they they named. Well, let me see the ugly potato. Yeah. So here it is. I'll be the I'll be the judge of how ugly this potato is. That is an ugly ass potato. <laughs> it's one of the. You better share that on yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. That is an ugly ass potato. Yeah. It weighs seventeen pounds. Sorry, guys. Yeah. What are you What are you doing over there? I was look, trying to look at a picture. Well, show him the ugly video. potato. Show Paul the ugly potato. It's an ugly effing potato. It ain't looks it? like something on my six hundred pound life. Yo, it yeah. might, it might look yeah. worse. I mean, <laughs> like. but yeah. So it weighs uh, seventeen point four pounds. So that that comes out of New Zealand. There's really not much more to the story other than it was grown in this garden, and they thought it was just like this. But is is this a normal mass. thing? Like in normal potato places, do they have just like random ass big ugly potatoes, or like do you oh, have to specifically oh. attempt? Are these people attempting to grow an ugly potato in order to win the ugly potato contest and get all of the, I mean, like the, oh no, they the trim they, that comes along with that. Clearly, they, they said this was just with the other potatoes, like the normal potatoes. And he said, the guy who grew it said he thought at first it was a strange fungal growth, and he started picking it up, and then he was like, this, this is I'm just not sure a I'm comfortable with the word potato. strange fungal growth. Strange I think I'm. Glenn, come on. We know that's not the first. I think time I'd you prefer that. that we don't use that term on this show. <laughs> yes. I'm being honest with you. I but, prefer we don't do nah. a lot of strange fungal growth conversations and, here. And then the other thing out of New Zealand is they named the year's top bird a bat. 
And now a bat's not a <laughs> bird. Definitely not it's a bird. not a bird. It's not so a I bird. It, it apparently won by She's a not a bird. It. She's definitely not a bird. You guys you need to get up on your Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You guys need <laughs> to step up your game. Groban, it, Groban likes his ladies to pop. Come it, on, man. It's ca- I worked with Kyle for a long time. He knew every fun, Sunny reference that I would throw out there. I've seen some Sunny. Sunny's you a good show. Step up. Sunny's step up. Show. Step up. But... Yeah, yes, I, they, I need to know more. I need to know more about the Ugly Potato Contest. Like, I need to know if people are purposely attempting to win the Ugly Potato Contest. By the way, you know what's butt awkward is yeah. like when uh, when you have friends and they have a baby and it looks like that yeah. potato, yeah. and you go over to see it and you're like, "Oh, he's beautiful!" And you're like, "Oh God, no! Yeah. He looks like that that ugly potato that we just saw." <laughs> well, no, I, I I first saw it and I was like, "This looks like a newborn baby." I was let me like, see, "Let me see it again. Let me see him again. Is, turn, turn. Let me yeah, see that yeah, the bad boy." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 you, got, like you got friends that have kids, and like, admittedly, their kids kind of look like that potato. And you're like, look, man, I, a lot of time, a lot of time. Like when my when my first one came out of the womb, I was like, what is this? This looks like an alien. And within a year, he was he was he's very good looking. He'll never have to deal with problems in his life because he's such a good looking kid. Um, like it drives me crazy. I'm like, how are you related to me? Like this makes no sense. You're very good looking. Paul, you're a good-looking fella. You know a thing or two about this. You don't have to deal with problems in the world when you're good-looking. I was not a good-looking baby. Oh yeah. I had a giant. When, head. when did it happen? When did you? When did you become a good-looking chap? Oh man, I was I was cute from about the age of two to like seven, and okay. then eight, nine, and ten, I was not. Well, I think they're awkward kid. years for everybody. Yeah. I think that's a actually. A, I, I didn't come into my own until. Probably my late twenties. I feel like. All right. Well, well. Look at but you. I, look at but you. Then, but then again, I don't find. I don't find myself as attractive apparently as you do. No, I, you're attractive. That's the fella holding. Well, that doesn't look as bad when he holds it yeah. like that. Actually, it kind of looks like a turkey. Potato chip. Yeah, yeah. Kind of looks. Chip. I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking more like a like when your kid makes a sugar cookie and like you know decorate like it. It sort of looks a little bit like that. Um, but uh, on its own, that is an ugly ass potato, bro. <laughs> that is that is that is correct. All right, thank you, Jordan. Good job, young Utes. Let's get to Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by Window Nation. Final opportunity for you to take advantage of their best offer ever. Buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. This is it. Weather's cold. Natural gas prices are getting to be ridiculous. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. All right, so I actually had two tidbits today mm, mm. Uh, because I had one from yesterday. Oh, right. One was basketball, one was football. I'm going with the football one because of all the Odell Beckham talk. Okay. All right. Uh, through seven games this season, Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews have both caught 37 passes for over 500 yards. Brown, 566. Um, Andrews, 516. Putting them both on pace for over for 90 rec- <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, you're right over there. Uh, a this happens clutch. way too often. This yeah. happens. You need to get, keep some. I drink a gallon. Drink so much water. I know it's what ridiculous. What is going on? <laughs> uh, putting them on pace for 90 receptions and well over 1,000 yards this season. In Baltimore Ravens history, only two sets of teammates have ever had even 70 receptions each in the same season: Todd Heap and Derek Mason in 2005, and Steve Smith and Mike Wallace in 2016. Here is Proctor. All the messages, man. He's good. Don't <laughs> settle down. He's good. He's, he's interacting with the program. No, it's, I, like, it's I, like, they, I like appreciate keep, his contribution. They keep popping up on my phone. Um, trivia. The Ravens' all-time record for receptions in a single season is Derek Mason with 103 in 2007. Mm-hmm. He also has the second most at 86 and the fourth most at 80. Nobody else has ever caught more than 86 passes. In fact, only six other players have ever caught as many as 75 in a season. 
Who are they? I assume Todd Heap. Todd Heap coming in at fifth, tied for fifth with 75 in 2005. Uh, Mark Clayton? Hmm? No, not Mark Clayton. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta, number one behind Derek Mason, 86 in 2016. Uh, Bolden? No. Uh, not Smith. What's the What's the cutoff? What's the low number? Um, seven, 75. 75. If Proctor gives a correct answer, can I acknowledge it? Yeah, of course. Uh, Ray Rice is on there. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a good one. Twice. Yeah, he's third. Um, 2009 with 78, and he's tied for fourth, 2011 with 76. I'll still say Steve Smith. Steve Smith, number two behind Dennis Pitta, 2014, 79. You have two more. Uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, tied for fourth, 1996, 76. You have one left. Derek Alexander. No. Um, Kadri. No. I think his most was like 69. <laughs> nice. It was a nice season for Kadri. <laughs> Q-Missile back at it. Um, Shannon Sharp. No. Okay. How about... How about... How about... God. I mean, I... It's not Tory because he didn't catch yeah. that many passes. No, not Brandon Stokely. Um, Mark Andrews. No. Say that with such disdain. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, what's wrong with you, stupid? <laughs> no, I was like, no, because that's like a surprise. It was surprising that, it's, that he's not on the list. Uh, that's how I intended it to be taken. Man, I don't know. Ooh. I feel like you're thinking about. Obvious guys and good seasons. So you're saying it's not as obvious. Yes. Well, I mean, clearly we've named all the obvious ones. Yeah. Is it another running back? No. It's a wide receiver? It is a wide receiver. It's not Jacoby. Jacoby it's not Mike. No. Did we say Mike Wallace? Um, you, you didn't, but it's not. Okay. There's a, there's a weird way of getting there. Um, Kevin Johnson. No. Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken. Really? Six, 75 in 2015. He had 949 yards. Was that, season was that, that year. the year that Joe got hurt? That was the, that was the year that everybody got hurt. Yeah, that Steve Smith tore his Achilles. Right. Joe Flacco yeah. got hurt. Yeah. They were Ryan th- Mallett was a the quarterback. They but were th- they beat the Steelers twice. They were throwing out like uh, like Chris Givens and Chris Matthews yeah. to try to catch passes that year. It was a brutal year. Jesus. Proctor said Hausha Mazzilli. I don't yeah, think he oh, even oh, had Hausha like Mazzilli. 40 catches. My next year. guess was going to be Marlon Brown, actually, because he was quite productive uh, for a very short amount of time. All right. That was fascinating. That was fascinating. And we learned something today. How about and that? Tubular brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. Lil Jordan's always at the Tyus Bowser Show. He loves the Tyus Bowser Show. We'll be back. You're going to be at the Mother's? You're coming? You're coming out? This Tuesday? It's oh. not this Tuesday. Oh. It's not the following this Tuesday. Tuesday, the 16th. It is my girlfriend's birthday that Ooh. day. So we, <laughs> yeah. we, heard, we heard there was some, <laughs> some awkwardness. A little uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. We'll miss you. Plus, now all the chit, what I don't know if any of the women are going to come out now that we know that Lil Jordan's yeah. not going to be there. It's going to be yeah. very awkward. All right. Uh, we'll be at uh, uh, Mothers and Timonium on Tuesday, November 16th with Tyus Bowser and a special guest, maybe special guests. We've heard a rumor that might be the case. 
Uh, but I, I can't say that with certainty. As um, we're asking you to bring out gift cards for Wise and for um, Giant as well to try to take take care of folks that need it this Thanksgiving season. We're trying to uh, raise some food for uh, Harvest of Hope in partnership with Great Eights Memorabilia. Find out more at greateightsmemorabilia.com with the number 8. You can also go to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more about the show. Looking forward to the next Tyus Bowser show. Um, let me just go through some highlights for this weekend. Obviously, there's way too much to cover at all. Here's what you need to know about totally tubular-wise. Uh, of course, tonight there's a Maryland exhibition game at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network Plus. They take on Fayetteville State, as I always say, throughout all the records when Maryland and Fayetteville State get together. Tomorrow, uh, Navy-Notre Dame at 3.30 on NBC. Penn State and Maryland at 3.30 on Fox Sports 1. Um, is Towson off this week? No, they got a game. Why do I, oh, Flow Sports. Towson-Richmond, uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow on Flow Sports. Uh, the big ones, yeah, it's not really in a big college ba- college football games this weekend, so we'll just get past that. On to Sunday, uh, as we mentioned, Fox for Vikings-Ravens at 1 after uh, Fox NFL Sunday is live from Annapolis before that. Uh, Packers-Chiefs at 425 on Fox, which, yes, does not have Aaron Rodgers, but still pretty compelling. You get the chance to see the Jordan Love experiment, see if that works out. CBS has Browns-Bengals at 1. Shame, that's a game that I think we would be interested in watching, but it's on at the same time as the Ravens game. And then the Sunday night game, Titans-Rams, 820 on NBC. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. Non-sports-wise, some highlights for the uh, weekend? It's a pretty uh, pretty bare-bones Friday and Saturday. The highlight for Friday uh, on Netflix, Narcos Mexico Season 3 and Big Mouth oh, Season there's 5. There's a new season of Narcos? I they, they, they premiere today. Oh, all right. um, Saturday, there's nothing. I got Whose Line Is It Anyway on the CW at 8 and World's Funniest Animals at 9 on the CW and on the History Channel, Pawn Stars. Uh, Sunday. Uh, you'd, you'd blow in past SNL again. Kieran Culkin is hosting SNL this week. Ed, ha- Ed Sheeran is the musical guest. I, I am, I'm not a big, I'm not an Ed Sheeran person at all. Like, it's just not my thing. But, um, yeah, Kieran Culkin is. Kieran Culkin is also on The Tonight Show, feature, starring Jimmy Fallon on Friday. Well, that's Friday. because he's hosting Saturday Night Live, and it, it, literally in the exact same building. Um, Kieran Culkin, of course, uh, Succession. Is uh, he's a big deal because of that. So I've got to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't watched SNL in so long mm-hmm. that I completely forget about it. It and, does exist still. And it's, when I and when I go to Titan TV, it's not listed there ever. Although, admittedly, there is a, an upcoming host that when I saw the name alone, I was like, I have no idea who this person is. It, it's the actor that played Chan, uh, Shang Chi. So like, it, they are quite famous. There's a reason why they're hosting SNL. But like, when they just posted the upcoming host, I was like. Who the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, I'm the jerk. Okay, I'm, I'm the a-hole. I get it. Yeah, Kieran Culkin is hosting SNL this week. All right, S- SNL this Saturday. Kieran Culkin. That's at 1130. Yep. Uh, Sunday. Um, highlights here. Legends of the Hidden Temple at 8 on the CW. On Fox, The Simpsons at 8. The Great North at 830. Bob's Burgers at 9. Family Guy at 930. On Paramount, this is the big deal for me anyway. Yellowstone Season 4 premiere um, at 9 o'clock on Paramount. Uh, on AMC, Fear the Walking Dead at 9, The Walking Dead World Beyond at 10, and on HBO, Succession at 9, Insecure at 10, and Curb Your Enthusiasm at 10.30. All right. Very good. Pr- Proctor says I look like a less pale Ed Sheeran. What could you, you, I don't have red hair, Proctor. Are you saying because I'm chubby? Is that what you're saying? Is that what it is? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get the bit. I don't think anybody would look at you and describe you as chubby. No, but I don't. You know, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not toned either. I'm somewhere between those two things. I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere between those things. Many aren't. They aren't considered chubby. I think you're reverting to your old. No, I'm between the two. I'm between chubby and toned. I'm not toned. I, I I could use a little body toning at this point in my life. 
All right, uh, uh, Jordan, uh, where are you on on Twitter? Oh yeah, it's stupid. I don't want you to promote it. Fix your Twitter, you jerk. Fix it. Go ahead. Zero zero, Jordan S. Instagram J Schwartzberg one. Fix your Twitter. You fix you fix it. Thanks today to Adam Amin. Thanks also to Senator Justin Reedy, to Robert Randolph, to uh, Jared Bernhardt, and to Bo Smolka. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, Monday morning, of course, Jeremy Kahn will join us. Uh, Ted Nguyen, who uh, covers the NFL for The Athletic, will be with us as well. And stuff and things, of course, on Monday. What's coming up on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we have Chip Carey joining us. to uh, First time ever we're having a guest to start the show at 10.05. So we're going to have Chip Carey talking about the Braves World Series. We're going to have Stan the Fan for his weekly segment pushed back to about 10.30. And then we have Brett Hollander coming on okay. at 11.40 to talk some Orioles in the offseason and the CBA. Very good. Very good. That's all in the bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, same locations. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Grade 8's memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great weekend. Go Maryland, go Navy, go Towson, go Ravens. Duke sucks, so Ohio State sucks too.